Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, let's get our Flames Talk postgame show underway following a big Flames 5-3 win on the road against the New Jersey Devils. Flames have now won both their games coming out of the All-Star break. Three straight games overall as they keep themselves very much in the thick of things in this Western Conference playoff race. And we get things going on a Thursday night on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills. we got the phone lines open at 403 240 4444. We got the text line open at 969.60. We'll get to you as our Flames Talk post game show rolls on. But uh, right now, it's uh, we bring in Megan and Derek and uh, Mick. Uh, I, I I thought another. You know, New Jersey wasn't awful. Boston was, you know, but yeah. I didn't really think there was a ton of variance in Calgary's game, and that's something that I was really interested to see. Flames played 60 minutes and and got contributions up and down the lineup against the Bruins two nights ago. Tonight they did too, and they stuck with their game start to finish, and, and honestly, I come away from this one, and, and the way Calgary stuck to their game, for me, the biggest reason why they, they win this hockey game. Yeah, and it, it's amazing to see what having a really solid fourth line can do for your team, just in yeah. terms of we've heard the coaching staff talk about how that spreads the minutes out a little bit more, keeps other guys more fresh. But when you can roll four lines like that, you just there's so much more energy and everyone on the bench, they feel involved and feel like they're contributing. So getting goals from all four lines, I mean, that was huge in this game tonight. And just the way that this team seems to be starting to figure out how you need to ride the momentum swings of the game and just to really stick with the way that they now know how they need to play in order to win hockey games. And to me, like with this group, what we're seeing right now, and I know it's two games, it's it's only two games, but there's more chemistry amongst the entire group right now than we have seen all season long, which has been really good to see. And I mean, Jacob Markstrom continues to be outstanding. So a lot of things to like in this one and in the last two games. Well, we've talked a lot about the new look first line, and we've talked quite a bit about the new look fourth line. Probably haven't talked enough about the new look third pairing, but the Flames are getting contributions from almost everybody right now. And that's how this team is built to win. They're not built uh, around one or two generational players like some teams are. They're built to beat teams by rolling four lines and three pairings and using two or three goaltenders, as you guys talked about. And for a good chunk of the season, Ryan Huska simply couldn't do that. He didn't trust his fourth line, and on some nights, didn't have a lot of faith in his third pairing. Well, the last two nights, that has not been the case. You take a look at what the Flames' fourth line did in this hockey game. So good to see Kevin Rooney score his first goal as a Flame. Uh, he had a goal, was plus one, and played 10:47. His wingers, Jacob Pelche, plus one, played 8:43, and Walker Dewar, plus one, played 8:07. That was a good line for the Flames tonight. And there were too many nights prior to those three guys being put together, where the Flames could only play their fourth line like four, five, six minutes, yeah. putting a lot of pressure on their top three lines, but not the last two games. And then you look at the third pairing, and this is really eye-opening. So Braden Pahal, in just his second game of the Flames, plays 14 minutes and nine seconds. Oliver Shillington, who continues to ramp up now that he's got four games under his belt since coming back, 15 minutes and 30 seconds. 
So they're basically, and yeah, they're leading a little bit heavier uh, on their top four, especially on special teams, but they're basically rolling three pairings, which is going to allow guys like Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Weger and Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev to be more effective players in their minutes. So uh, just two really good games by the Flames. I know it was a two-goal game. It, it honestly could have been a four- or five-goal game, even after the, the first two periods tonight. And and they found a way to win three in a row, and they're right back, as you said, Pat, in the thick of things in the Western Conference wildcard race. Uh, marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota uh, tonight. Uh, we focused on Jonathan Huberto, who did not get a point in his 800th career NHL game, but I thought that line had some uh, spark again uh, at five-on-five, five, uh, high danger were 4 nothing when uh, Sharon Govich, Huberdo, and Kuzmenko were out there. Uh, we saw the uh, good and the bad from Kuzmenko again tonight. <laughs> uh, he led directly to a goal. He scored a goal. He created. He also uh, helped the other team create. You know, it's a high risk, high reward. That's uh, But he's, I'll, I'll say this. High event. He's a high yeah. event. He's an exciting player. It's never dull when Kuzmenko's on the ice. Um, and the other thing, Wilsey, I wanted to pick up on was uh, that the fourth line. That's a second straight night where Calgary's fourth line ends up on the, the positive side of the ledger and they end up as, as a winning possession line. In fact, one of the two lines that won the possession battle tonight was the Rooney line. Who, Rooney scores, snaps a 55-game goal to Strout, um, and they were a 65% line in a little bit more than seven minutes of five-on-five ice time together. You know, that ability to roll four lines. I know the Flames have said goodbye to Elias Lindholm and, and the impact that Lindholm makes compared to Kuzmenko. Yeah, Lindholm's a more important player for the team, but I, I think it's been offset in some ways by being able to play four lines and, and having a, a fourth trio that you can yeah. go out there, not only not worry about, but in two games you can count on them going out and being able to, to win their battles. I also think that in a way, a weight has been taken off this team's shoulders. For sure. With that Elias Lindholm trade, because it was almost like they were waiting for that shoe to drop. It finally did, and it's like, okay, we can finally move on. We got a good NHL player back. We got two picks, two prospects back. It looks like a really good deal, not only for now, but for the future. So the, the fact that the fourth line has really picked it up and given the Flames good minutes and a line they can use from start to finish in games, I think it's been huge for the top nine. And let's be honest, without Elias Lindholm, who is a fantastic 200-foot centerman, you can't lean as heavily defensively on what used to be the first line with him between Jonathan Huberto and Yegor Sharangovich, who's also a terrific two-way player. So you're going to have to lean on your other three lines more in those situations. And Ryan Huska's been able to do that the last couple of games, Pat. 87.5% was the uh, zone start for wow. the Huberto line. Guess what it was for the Backland line? 7%. They started one shift. And they were still you know, great. One well, shift in the offensive zone. You know what's amazing about that is their line still had two goals. Yeah. I mean, you're starting that much in the D zone, and you're still, I mean, technically their line scored the most goals out of any other line on the entire team, which is extremely impressive. But you look at that fourth line, and, like, you look at – and you hear Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney talk about going through that rehab process together. And let me tell you, having been through an extensive rehab, that it is a tough, tough, 
tough road, whether it's a shoulder or knee, when you're out for four to six months, it's a tough thing to go through on your own. So when you have someone else to go through that with and you come out the other end together, you make your season debut together, you're playing on a line together. I mean, to me, you can see the energy and the excitement, even just getting looks at them on the bench and after Kevin Rooney scoring, well, it's Jacob Pelche that's hugging him and putting his arm around him. And so, you know, two guys that they've been through a lot together, they know the opportunity that they're being given right now. And you have to believe that showing up every single day when you're injured and bag skating and you're in the gym, it is an absolute grind. And so the connection that those two guys undoubtedly have off the ice, I mean, we're seeing it on the ice as well and just the way that that fourth line is playing. And all three guys have been good. So I don't want this to be misinterpreted. But for me, with all due respect to the left winger Jacob Peltier and the right winger Walker Dewar, the key has been Kevin Rooney. Yeah. He has been so solid at center, which is not something the Flames have had outside of a handful of games from their fourth-line centermen this season. And not only is he playing well at 5-on-5, five five, he also spent 2 minutes and 40 seconds killing penalties tonight yeah. Yeah. against one of the best power plays in the NHL. Kevin Rooney. That's more than half of their penalty kill that's time right. tonight, too. And, and which means, guess what? You're not leaning on one of your top nine forwards to kill those penalties. You can lean on your fourth line guy who isn't playing as many minutes. So I think Kevin Rooney's been great since he came back. Well, I just want to jump in because it's going to work perfectly because Kevin Rooney's on the oh, line perfect. right well, now. Hi, Kevin. Um, <laughs> well, he's about, he hasn't, he can't hear oh. us yet. He will be shortly. Um, <laughs> as the Flames take a 5-3 victory over the New Jersey Devils on the road in New Jersey. Flames 2-for-2 two two to kick off this road trip. It'll continue on Saturday against the New York Islanders as we continue along on your Flames Talk post game show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Let's head back to Prudential Center in New Jersey and check in with Kevin Rooney, who joins us uh, for some post game reaction right now. Kevin, I, I guess first of all, that's uh, two games back for the entire group after the All Star break. Two uh, pretty solid efforts for the group. How have you felt about uh, these two games? I guess how'd you feel specifically about tonight? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good team effort. Um, I thought we came out of the gates a little slow and turned in too many pucks over against a really good rush team, and we made some good adjustments. And obviously, Marky was unbelievable uh, again tonight. So um, when you have goaltending like that, it gives you a chance to win every night. Kevin, uh, the, there were a couple of potential big-time momentum swings in this game that your group didn't allow take over. How would you like the way you handled the momentum on the road tonight? I liked it a lot. I mean, I thought even in the, the Boston game um, when they scored the five-on-three goal, you know, we just were even keeled the whole way, and it was the same way again tonight in the third. So um, credit to the, the leadership group on the team and um, the guys that have been in those spots uh, throughout their career. So um, great, uh, great effort and great stand poised there uh, towards the end. Kevin, uh, how nice did that feel to see that puck cross the line tonight and uh, not only to, to score and, and get that monkey off your back early on, but just uh, overall, it's been, a, it's been a long road to this uh, getting your first goal as a member of the Flames, hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has. And, um, you know, obviously that's not how you draw it up when you, when you sign the contract. So um, the only thing I can do is uh, worry about the present and just continue to try to get better and, 
um, help this team in any way I can uh, down the stretch here. I, I did want to ask you about, I, I go back to a conversation that you and I had in the preseason before the injury and, and how fresh you felt and how reinvigorated you felt with kind of a fresh start this year compared to last year. I, I know that you then had the injury, which was super unfortunate, but now that you're back and you've traveled that road, does it still feel like you've got that fresh start with this group? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I obviously went down um, with pelts and played a few games. And, um, you know, obviously they gave me an opportunity pretty quickly. So um, I was really excited about that, ready for my next chance. And um, obviously it's only been two games here, but, um, you know, feel good so far and looking forward to seeing what I can do going forward. And a final thought for you. How have you felt uh, with you, Jacob, and, and Walker Dewar on that line? It, it seems like from our vantage point, that's two really solid games your group has played, but how have you felt about it? I felt great. I mean, we get to play with uh, a guy like Pelts and a guy like Dewey who can really fly. I mean, it just makes your life easier. And, um, you know, I think all three of us bring something uh, different to the table and um, really complement each other really well right now. So, um, we're going to continue to talk and get better as a line, and hopefully that can um, you know, alleviate some pressure for, for the other guys. Kevin, congratulations on the goal. That was awesome to see. Uh, more importantly, congratulations on, uh, congratulations on the win. Good luck on Saturday against the Islanders, but thanks for doing this tonight, hey? Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. That is Kevin Rooney postgame following a 5-3 win for the Flames over the New Jersey Devils. First goal as a member of the Flames for Kevin Rooney. And uh, that is a long road back because, look, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I was going to say this before he came on, uh, but then uh, all of a sudden he was on the line, so I thought we'd get right to him. But uh, – he was not getting out of Daryl Sutter's doghouse last no. year. Daryl was not a fan, and that's coaches have preferences. That's what goes along with um, being uh, being a, a hockey player, pro hockey player, a high level hockey player. As I should be telling you, Mick, as as uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know this, but no, I mean you you know this that like sometimes a coach isn't a fan, and it's tough to make a coach a fan. And and Daryl Sutter was not a fan of Kevin Rooney, and so he went to the American League after not really being able to get out of that doghouse. He came back into camp this year and felt like he had a fresh start and then he had a really unfortunate shoulder injury that took him away for months and months but can tell he still feels reinvigorated by the shot he's getting with this Flames team in year two. Yeah and it's that's really hard mentally when you know that a coach just doesn't seem to like you and you you can't kind of work your way out of that quote-unquote doghouse so I mean when you're a player in that position, what you want to try to do is play so well that the coaches have no other choice but to play you and to keep you. And so, it, you know, that has to be his mindset. Obviously, Ryan Huska and the coaching staff has shown a lot of confidence in him, and they're really giving him this opportunity and setting him up for success. But you have to think that now that he's being given this opportunity with a coaching staff that, that wants him to play well, that wants him to do well and succeed, that he's going to take advantage of it. Yep. Yeah, and Daryl Sutter's doghouse was like the Fort Knox of doghouses. <laughs> yeah, tough to get out of that one. And <laughs> you were in there good luck break it out but so good to see Kevin Rooney score and misses the first 49 games of the season with that shoulder injury comes back plays a good game against the Bruins on Tuesday plays a really good game and gets rewarded for all of his hard work with a goal in this game against the Devils tonight and for those who missed it during the broadcast that goal snapped a 16 game pointless streak dating back to October 15th of 2022 and a 
55-game goal of streak dating back to December 7th of 2021. So that was his well, first. He was still a member yeah. of the Rangers. Then. Yeah, yeah, that was his first Crazy. goal in the NHL in more than two years. Yep. That had to feel really good for him, and he deserved it. Went hard to the net and put the puck in, and uh, even once it did cross the line, I'm, I'm not sure he knew it crossed the line, so he actually pushed uh, Vitek Vanacek right into the net, uh, ensuring that that puck was going to go in, but a uh, really good game from him and from the fourth line, and a uh, big win for the Flames, another one. Uh, let's select tonight's hardest-working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Which way are you leaning tonight, Mick, for the hardest working flame? Well, I'm going to give honorable mention to Kevin Rooney for all of the reasons that we just talked about. And I mean, just a a really tough road back for him and and scoring that goal. It was a it was a important goal for the group. But have to look at Noah Hannafin. Thank I you. mean, what an absolute workhorse. The guy played 27 minutes and 46 seconds. That is six over six and a half minutes more than anybody else on the team. That That's crazy. And six shot attempts, four shots, three takeaways, two block shots, and it just continues to be just elite dynamic at both ends of the ice and just so smart in the reads that he's making. And to me, a lot of the offense that he's been generating is jumping up in the rush uh, and activating off the blue line. I know I've talked a lot about it, but as a defenseman, like those are really, those are key reads to make at key times, but you also have to have the skill set to complement those intelligent reads. And that's exactly what he's done. He's just been absolutely outstanding. I will say I really hope the Flames keep this guy. Uh, Noah Hannafin led the team six shot attempts tonight. You mentioned the 27-46, led the team with four shots, had a scoring chance in there and a couple of points as well. Noah Hannafin, your hardest working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. We'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska very shortly. Uh, Before we do that, following a 5-3 Flames win over New Jersey, Let's get some final thoughts from our broadcast crew uh, as uh, Calgary's two for two on this four-game road trip so far. Uh, broadcast duo starting with Megan Mickelson. Mick? Yeah, we've talked a lot about the things to like from the team and a lot of positives. One thing that does need to be better tonight, their power play really, really struggled. I mean, that four-minute power play they got, that was... Could have ended what the did game I call right it? There, horrendous? Right? Did yeah. I call it horrendous? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a, another thought just to add on to what we've talked about. You also about called it already. a yard sale. I yard believe. sale. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That too. It looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I mean, this is a flame team. They're playing really good on the road right now. They've now won six of their last eight road games. So heading into playing the New York Islanders on Saturday, last time I checked the score in their game against Tampa Bay, they were up six. Is it six to two? It was six to two. And, yeah, it's uh, still it six, to, six two to two in yeah. the third. So, I mean, they're going to be feeling pretty good about their game as well. But if they can continue to play with the, the chemistry that they have, getting contributions uh, from everybody, then they're going to set themselves up really well for uh, another W. So the trade deadline is one month away. It's February 8th. The trade deadline is March 8th. And I know that there's a better than 50-50 chance that the Flames are going to move at least one of Chris Tanev or Noah Hannafin. And 
I was going to say I'm okay with that. I kind of am. I'm kind of not. Uh, knowing what Tanev means to this team and to the culture that they're trying to build here in Calgary. But Noah Hannafin, my goodness, watching him play again tonight, I saw on Twitter, and I just searched for it, and I couldn't find it. I'd, I'd like to give credit to the person who tweeted this earlier today, but I thought it was an excellent point. They said something along the lines of, okay, so you're going to trade a, a 27-year-old defenseman, yeah. and you just turned 27, for a mystery box of players, prospects, picks, hoping to do what? Find another Noah Hannafin? I mean, these guys don't grow on trees. This guy is an elite defenseman. He just turned 27. He is a great skater. He should age well. He's been relatively healthy throughout the course of his career. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a long list of teams that are trying to pry this guy out of Calgary, but I think for good reason. And if he is willing to stay... I think the Flames should absolutely do everything they can to sign him it's to a deal. It's not their choice right now. I know, but do what you can to sign him to a deal that works for both the player and the team. And, and I really hope that he stays. And just to expand on the stats that you guys already talked about, so he had two assists tonight, and he had pretty much a perfect stat line. Four shots, six attempts, didn't miss any, didn't turn the puck over once, had three takeaways, and two block shots, and played a season high, 27-46. To your point, Megan, he is an absolute workhorse and a guy I think you can build around on the blue line and on your team. So we'll see what happens between now and March 8th. I think the Flames would love to keep him, and I'm really hoping that Noah decides to stay in Calgary. But from a team perspective, uh, another really good road game against a desperate and skilled Devils team that got their best player in Jack Hughes back for this one tonight. You know, that had to be a shot in the arm for him, and he certainly had his moments in this hockey game. But the Flames find a way to win on the road and stretch their winning streak to three and move to within one point of a Stanley Cup playoff spot as they've picked up some momentum again. It's like every time this team gets uh, left for dead by people, they seem to wake up again. But what they haven't been this season, and they're going to have to be moving forward in their final 31 games to get to where they want to go, to get to where Andre Kuzmenko wants them to go, and that's to the playoffs, they're going to have to be consistently good. It can't be three steps forward, three steps back. Uh, You can't lose four out of six at home like they did on that last homestand. So really good game against the Bruins in Boston on Tuesday. Good game against the Devils in New Jersey tonight. And now you got to back it up with a, another strong performance against the Islanders in New York on Saturday afternoon. And if they do, well, it wouldn't be the worst way to celebrate uh, Saturday night and a Sunday off in the Big Apple. So uh, I can't say I'm looking forward to the 11 a.m. start on Saturday, but I am looking forward to what should be a good hockey game between uh, Ryan Huska's Flames and Patrick Waugh's Islanders. Uh, just to follow up, and to thank you, friends, just to follow up on the Noah Hannafin point, they've got a deal on the table. It's eight times seven and a half. He's not getting that anywhere but here. It's all on Noah Hannafin now to make the decision. There's, I don't know what more the Flames can do at this point. Uh, this isn't their decision. I still lean trade myself, but it's not like I think it's a bad call if they keep him. Um, but at this point... On it's in Hannafin's court, and they need an answer from him soon if he's going to stay. We'll see how it plays out. I'm sure we'll have talks about that on our post-game show <laughs> when the phone lines open up in just a few minutes. Thank you, Wilsey. Thank you, Mick. Uh, talk to you both tomorrow. Right now, let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Here's his thoughts following a third straight win for the Flames as they beat the Devils 5-3 in New Jersey. 
Coach, maybe just uh, when you look at that second period, did you feel like it uh, really spun this game kind of back to your favor? Here? I liked the second period. Actually, uh, after the first 10 minutes of the first, I thought we started to play. Um, early on, we gave them way too much off the rush, which is what this team is really good at, and I thought we allowed them to play their game. But after about the first 10, 12 minutes, I thought we were we were pretty good. Jacob really kind of held the fort down there early on. He has. Like, we've talked a lot about him lately, and this is the best since since I've been around him or he's been with us that I've seen him play. So he's been giving us a chance to win every night, and uh, yeah, that's why you have a goaltender of that caliber. When you look at, um, you know, the fourth line and the contributions, you obviously get a big goal uh, tonight from Kevin, but, uh, you know, a few different chances. And again, maybe that energy that you've been looking for yeah. tonight? Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't play quite as much as the night before, but I still think they brought some good things to the table. And Kevin in particular, he's, he's, he's filling a penalty kill role now too, and an important one. So uh, we want him to keep taking steps in that area. And, and part of his job is making sure that he's prepared to help his line mates be prepared as well. So... Um, two games we've been happy with the way they've played. What does it do for your bench when a young guy, you got a couple of them tonight, score score big goals in a game? Um, well, I, I, I don't know if they look at them as just young guys anymore. They're teammates now. So I think they've come to expect um, Connor to step up with some goals or, or a nice play from time to time. And he found a way around the net again to chip that one in. Um, you know, when you get a, a goal from your fourth line, to me, that's a big thing because it doesn't happen all that often, and it's nice to see them get rewarded, and it makes the team, gives them a little bit of a, a, a bounce too, so it's great. What have you liked about Kuzmenko and what you've seen in these two games? Um, he, well, he's, he's scored a couple of goals. That's something that we like for sure. Um, you know, he's got a skill set around the puck, and the one thing that I've noticed over the last couple of games is he's heavy and strong on it, so he's able to protect it. He can spin off guys. Um, and when he gets a chance to shoot, he's got a he's got an excellent shot. As a coach, the significance of seeing Huberto play is eight hundred. Um, as we mentioned this morning, it's the, that's a, a really large number for a guy to play. So it talks about a person's character and how he takes care of himself and makes sure he's ready to play. So um, Jonathan hitting eight hundred games is a great milestone, and um, I know he's going to hit a lot more than that as we keep moving forward. What do you like about the team in the last two games on this road, 2-0 on this road trip? Um, the night in Boston was a complete game for us. Uh, we thought we played really well for 60 minutes in that game. Uh, tonight we had stretches of that. We we allowed them to skate a little bit too much early on, and then after we gave up that shorthanded goal, I felt we were on our heels. But um, more than anything, it's been more of a complete team effort. What about that second period? Do you think that second period was, was the turning point for you guys? Um, we were happy with our second period for sure tonight. When Tanev goes down the uh, tunnel, do you even uh, miss a beat like you think, oh, he'll be back next shift no matter what? I don't, I don't even have to make any adjustments. I know he'll be back. Yeah, that's your mindset. You always are, are stressed when someone goes down the tunnel because you don't know really what's going on at the time. But with, with Chris, I mean, as we know in Calgary, he plays through everything and anything. So you expect him to be back. Okay, guys, Thanks, have sir. a good night. Sir. That is head coach Ryan Huska post-game following his team's 5-3 win over the New Jersey Devils. Okay, phone lines open, 403-240-4444. Text lines wide open, 960-960. Flames have won three in a row, including two for two on this road trip so far as uh, they keep fighting into their final 31 games of the season now. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, your final score in New Jersey tonight. The Flames take a 5-3 victory over the Devils as they've now won three in a row and two for two since the Elias Lindholm trade. And, and honestly, I, I think that's significant. And, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I think, and, and, and first of all, I never expected the Flames to think of it this way, but I do think on the outside there was a feeling that, oh, well, Lindholm's been traded and they, yes, they brought in this Kuzmenko, but, you know, it's still, uh, that's, that's losing one of their most important players. That's probably going to start the downfall for the Flames. Well, I can tell you for a fact that inside that locker room, they never felt that way. They knew that, you know, they knew the business of the game. They knew why Lindholm was, was traded, so on and so forth. But I, I, um, I give them a lot of credit. They um, have played two urgent, desperate, solid, fairly complete games since the All-Star break and since the Lindholm trade. They are working. They are taking care of their details on a consistent basis. They're getting strong performances from their best players. They're getting strong performances further down the depth chart. Like, think about how good Kadri was again tonight. Think about how good Markstrom was tonight. Uh, Kuzmenko scored twice in two games. Huberdo didn't get a point in his 800th NHL game, but I thought he was, again, offensively creative, and that line looked good together once again. I, I, I give a lot of credit. They, they have come out, and while they may not look is good on paper. They've played two of their better consecutive games all season. I don't really think Calgary's effort was all that different tonight than it was Tuesday against Boston. It looked more lopsided against the Bruins because, well, against Boston, the Bruins were awful, right? Boston was terrible on Tuesday night, so Calgary's complete effort looked extremely lopsided, whereas in this game, the effort from New Jersey was a whole lot better than the pushback they got from Boston, so it felt like more of an even game and there were more ebbs and flows and there were more kind of swings and the Flames still played a complete game and they still followed the blueprint that they're going to need to continue to follow if they're going to want to stay in this thing and that is get stellar goaltending from Markstrom which they did that is get their top players leading the way, which happened, including Jacob, and getting contributions from further down the depth chart on both the forward and defensive side of things. And and, and that continued to happen again. So uh, it's got to continue happening on Saturday and on Monday. And when they return home, they're going to want to stay in this thing. That's all going to have to be consistent. That's all going to have to be part of the – just part of the expectation – so far, so good in that respect. And I get it. It's only six periods. I'm not suggesting that watch out. They're uh, going to make the playoffs for sure and watch out whoever they play in round one. No, I'm not trying to suggest that. All I'm saying is there's 31 games to go. They're not out of this thing. We don't know what trades are still going to be made, but they're playing some good hockey since the All-Star break, and that they can be commended for. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room following a Flames 5-3 win over New Jersey. Phone lines are open, by the way, at 403-240-4440. Text lines open at 960-960. It's Steinberg along with you on Flames Talk postgame. Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Here is Mr. 800. Jonathan Huberdeau uh, becomes just the fifth player in his draft class to hit 800 NHL games, and he spoke postgame inside the Flames locker room. Personally, milestone-wise, but uh, I would imagine the result probably feels the best right now. Yeah, it was good. I think, uh, you know, we had... A really good second period, I felt, and you know we didn't. I feel we had like so many posts, and you know he made some good save. But I thought overall, I mean, we're all over them again tonight. 
and we played well. We knew it was a, you know, they're they're good on a rush, they're a good offensive team, but I think we stuck with it, and you know, we a big big team game again, and we got a, a big win again. That second period specifically, I did. Uh, I know that kind of sticks out in terms of when it started to take it over. But what what really kind of the mentality changed there? Yeah, I mean, I think in the first in the first they were playing well, and we got like a you know huge goal by backs, you know, at the end tied up and coming back in the room, and we knew, you know, we had more in the tank. And uh, in the second period, we just came out and pack of hyenas, hyenas, whatever I say. I, I got to throw it out there because I told yeah, yeah. Now, now everybody's saying it. So I learned something the other day. Um, so, so, yeah. So, yeah, we look, uh, we look good in the second period. And I think that that's the kind of game we got to play. And, um, you know, I think that's that's one we're tough to, to play against. And we got to keep going on that. It's a huge road trip for us. How happy are you when you see these young guys score goals, whether it's Rooney or, or Zari tonight? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. I think, I mean, there's a lot of young guys, and you can feel like the energy. I think you know from, from them, and I think it's always important nowadays to have young guys in in, in a room, and you know the, the leaders they they got to follow us, and I think you know the we know we make them feel they're they're a big tar- big part of our team. You know, they're not just there to, to play. I think there's you know they need to play well. They need that that other level. And I think you know right now that, that that's what we have. I think for us to win, we everybody has to play well. So. How much those youngsters cost you last night? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Uh, I mean, I know, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was good. It's always I like to I mean to give back, and hopefully they're gonna do the same thing uh, when they're gonna be older. Uh, how much more meaning do these last two wins have for your team, knowing that? You don't have Lindholm anymore, and also you've had to integrate these newer faces and returning faces into your lineup. There's been some changes. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you just got to look forward. I mean, you know, it's not easy to lose some guys, and you know, it's it's part of the business, you know, that we can control. And but we have to, you know, to go with who we have. And like I said, it gives opportunity to, to young guys, and you know, that's that's what it's all about. Take the, like the chance. Sorry? What did the Flames have to be to be successful? I think just to, you know, to play, like I said, to play four line. You know, everybody has to play together, and that's how we're going to be successful. There you go. That is Jonathan Huberdo following his 800th career NHL game postgame in New Jersey and following a 5-3 Flames win over the Devils here on this Thursday night. Thought Huberdo looked good, thought he was dangerous, thought the line of Kuzmenko, Huberdo, and Sharon Govich was dangerous once again. Uh, they finished in this game at 5-on-5. Five with uh, 11 shot on ice for 11 shot attempts, four and eight against. So that's good for 57.9% on the five on five possession. Uh, scoring chances were 6-2 with that line on the ice, including 4 nothing at high danger. They got an 87.5% offensive zone start. Seven offensive zone face-offs, just one in the defensive zone. Also had uh, eight in the neutral zone. So they were, as we expected, Ryan Husk has given that group a lot of offensive high ground and letting them play to their strengths and so far so good in that regard. And congrats to Huberdo on playing game number 800. Just before we hit the text line and the phone lines, let's get to tonight's save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Another quality start from Jacob Markstrom, and his save comes in period number one. Approaching the seven-minute mark of the opening period in Newark. The Flames and Devils are scoreless. Comes Brock, trying to bust it to Eddie centers. He sure stopped from point-blank range by Markstrom. What a save by the Flames goaltender. 
That set the tone for Jacob Markstrom's night as well, and that ends up being one of his 38 stops this evening. That is Jacob's save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Few things. Number one, another really quality night for Jacob Markstrom. He continues to play some really solid hockey, and uh, yeah, he just continues to be one of their best players and was that again tonight. Also, I wonder if they go Dan Vladar against the Islanders in the matinee game on Saturday. They're playing, they're, they get the day off between games on this road trip, but, you know, there's less rest time between the Devils game and the Islanders game. I know it's next to no travel, but I do wonder if they go Vladar. That comes on no inside information. I just, it would not surprise me if number 80 leads him out uh, for warm up on Saturday morning here, Saturday afternoon in New York, just because uh, they've talked a lot about how much better Jacob is when he's rested. So you got to manage those rest levels. That's just kind of what my, my my guess would be. It's a pretty good chance they're thinking Vladar on Saturday afternoon. Okay, let's get to the text line at 960-960. Get some thoughts from you following this 5-3 victory, and then we'll get to the phone lines. Starting with Leandro, who says, uh, Golzmenko, another solid game from him. I love the energy he brings. Another great game from Markstrom as well. All these trade talks may be firing him up. I personally really hope he doesn't go. What was up with that whistle on the empty net? What your thoughts on goalies being able to take hits if they decide to play the puck I mean I I, I don't really understand why that wasn't a goal um, so I, I got no answer or explanation for you as to why um, I still understand why they protect goaltenders as much as as much fun as it can be seeing a goaltender absolutely destroyed when he's trying to play the puck I get why they're protected I do um, but, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know why that wasn't a goal. Um, this reads, uh, Pat, this team's looking very exciting right now, loving the injection of energy from the new players. One question for you. If I set the line at 33, 35 and a half hours, rather, for when a Tanev trade might happen, would you take the over or the under? So 35 and a half, that's three days. Uh, so that would take us, what, to the uh, end of the road trip, I guess? That would take us, uh, it would be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday would be 36. Uh, no, I'd be... I'm not very good at math, as you know. Uh, that would be Friday. That would be sometime after the game against the Islanders. I'm going to take the over. How's that? I'm going to take the over on 35 and a half hours. However... It would not surprise me if at some point on this road trip, the Flames opt to sit him out. Um, and... I, I, and, and just for precautionary or injury protection reasons, still won't surprise me if the Flames do that with Tanev sometime on this road trip, especially knowing how the uh, game went tonight where he had to go down the tunnel a couple of times. Stafford and Boness says, despite some lapses tonight, they battled to victory, a string of three, and looking at the bench, it appears they're having fun again. But, Pat, we need to talk about that power play. Four minutes and not one shot, and they gave up a shorty to boot. Mr. Savard may be a real nice guy, but he's not cutting the mustard in that department. Truly is time to give those responsibilities to some other member of the coaching staff. Given the pathos displayed when they have the man advantage, uh, they're better to just roll their four lines and see what happens. Uh, you take on what ails their, uh, your take on what ails their power play. I, it wasn't good tonight. I actually thought it looked good against Boston. I want to see it for a few more games with Kuzmenko on it. How's that before I go uh, with, with what ails it? Because I, I, I knew what ailed it before or what I believed um, was 
the the issue before. But with Kuzmenko, it adds a little bit more dynamicism on the power play. So I want to give it a little bit more time and see how that plays itself out. Um, this says from Kyle, well, Pat, that's two games in, and Kuzmenko has so far a power play goal and an even strength goal. I love watching him score. His face lights up like a Christmas tree. He made an error but made that back quickly. I didn't see the same energy as I did last game, but the team still played aggressively. Teams had an answer for every time the Devils made any headway. They scored uh, sorry, the Devils scored, the Flames scored. Markstrom wasn't his best tonight, but that's okay. He deserves the odd off night. I actually disagree with that. I thought Markstrom was stellar tonight. Uh, and he still was better than almost every other goalie, but the team in front of him played great defensively. I don't know how many more hits Tanev can take this year. You can't say he doesn't sacrifice for the team. I felt bad for Sharon Govich. He's not getting the same looks at center as he did on the wing. I hope the change is helpful, but it's not looking like it's his natural position. What do you think? That's from Kyle and YYC. I mean, Jury's still out. Uh, he has not looked anywhere near as offensively dynamic. You're right with with the move to center. But I think there is uh, going to be an adjustment period playing the higher leverage minutes down the middle. It's a big it's a big change going from being a winger on a line that is driven by a two-way stalwart like Elias Lindholm is to now centering that line with two offensively oriented guys in Huberdeau and Kuzmenko. So I'm going to wait to see how it plays out. It's only two games down the middle on this line for Sharon Govich. I want to see a little bit more before um, I, I make it a definitive judgments on it, but it definitely so far in six periods has taken a little bit away from his offense. I'll, I'll grant you that. Brad and Bridgeland says another fun game that had a bit of everything. Really happy for Rooney, and I thought the fourth line looked okay for the second game in a row. Have to say that double minor power play was one of the worst power plays I've seen in a while. It completely killed their momentum, but to their credit, the team showed resilience and held on, and can Tanev please stay healthy? Um, this reads um, from Bert. I would say Kuzmenko was very dynamic. Hey, Pat, awesome game. Most fun watching I've seen all year. That goes back to our conversation uh, on the Daily Flames roundtable earlier on Thursday when we were talking about uh, whether Kuzmenko is the most dynamic forward on the team. Um, this says, Pat, there must be a pending trade for Tanev because they're very cautious with him. He went to the room twice. I believe he won't be coming back to Calgary after this road trip. We'll see. If there was a trade pending, he wouldn't have played. So I, I don't believe there is. I think it's in the pocket. I think it's getting close, but I, I don't think there's one pending or he wouldn't have played. Um, this says, Pat, if the top nine forwards from this game are all back next season, what do you think that means for Coronado? Big win tonight. I like it. Go to the playoffs. Let's go, Flames. Um, or as the, actually he says, um, big win tonight. I like it. Go to playoffs. Let's go. That's, of course, Kuzmenko, who he's quoting. That's from James and Regina. Well played, James. Um, as for the top nine forwards, I, I don't think they're going to be identical for next season. I think the Flames will go out of their way, and I think Craig Conroy will go out of his way to make room for Matt Coronado. Craig is committed to making this group younger, and he took over a group that had certain contracts in place, and it, it's not an, an immediate thing. But I do believe that next offseason – off-season number two for Craig, I absolutely believe that we'll be talking about him making more room for young players to jump into action. Uh, this reads from Tim and Red Deer, really liking the look of the top line and the team. Every roster spot is filled and competitive. Tough for a guy like Pelche to move up and for Coronado and Wolf waiting in the wings for his spot. Every D-man looks good. Some tough calls for Conroy moving forward and a tough call for Hannafin. Future looks good. Go Flames, go. 
I don't think it's a tough call for Conroy. And what I mean by that is I think that they know what they're doing with Tanev, and I think they know what they'll do with Hannafin um, if he decides not to sign. And I think that that deadline for him to decide is coming up. I actually don't think these are tough decisions anymore for Craig. I think he knows if Hannafin inks, then he's here. If he doesn't, they're moving him. And I think they are in the process of maximizing Tanev's value. So on those two fronts, I actually don't think they're d- difficult decisions anymore. I think they're pretty cut and dried at this point. Uh, this reads, Jersey's goaltending woof. I'd be calling Calgary or Anaheim with a blank check. Great to see their depth really coming through now. Lindholm's out, but Pelche, Rooney, Kuzmenko, Pahal, and Shillington are all in. The fourth line can now take some of those minutes from Huberdeau's line as needed. Great showing by Hannafin as well to a potential suitor, and great to see Tanev come back twice. Fun win. That's from Dan in Cochrane. Enjoy the wins. Embrace the losses. Go Flames. And, um... Finally, uh, Pat, what do you think the uh, timeline for Tanev will be and what's your prediction on Hannafin? Also, your thoughts on Pospisil playing center. He's got size, speed, and defensive capabilities. Yegor struggled in the face-off dot tonight. Um, first of all, Yegor is going to struggle in the face-off dot for a while. That's going to be a work in progress. He was 41% tonight. So that it's, he's going to continue to struggle. That's not his strong suit. He's going to need to work at that, no doubt about it. So that's one. Uh, number two on that same front is I don't mind the idea of Pospisil down the middle, down the road. I just don't think you need to rush it right now. I think that's something that you know is maybe a two or three or one or two seasons away type thing. I, I wouldn't be doing that right now. We're still talking about a guy with 35 NHL games. And with 35 NHL games... I, and, and being on a line with a veteran center like Nazem Kadri, I, I just think let him continue to get comfortable with being a full-time NHLer and what that takes and being in an NHL playoff race and all that type of stuff. And then maybe you start to burden him down the road with the additional responsibilities that go along with being a center. Great stuff so far on the text line at 960-960. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight at 403-240-4444. Flames win 5-3 in New Jersey. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk post-game show, and uh, we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. James is kicking us off on the phone lines tonight. What's going on, James? Hey, Mr. Positive Pat, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? All right. Uh, it would be a big mistake to change, uh, trade Markstrom. We've got to keep him until the end of the year. He's the only reason why we won tonight. Uh, that and Kuzminko scoring back-to-back games, man. It's a good pickup for uh, for us. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Markstrom's the only reason why they won this game, but he was definitely the better of the two goaltenders and a big reason why they won the game. I mean, there were some other really important contributors. Hannafin uh, at the top of the list for me. Um, you know, a, a nice night from uh, the backland line offensively. Um, you know, there, there were some other reasons why they won for sure, but, but Markstrom was definitely a part of it, no doubt. All right, just a quick thank you, and... Uh... And and I hope Lenny's healing up pretty good. Thank you. Thank you, James. I appreciate it, man. You have yourself a great night. And, yeah, absolutely, on the Lanny front, no doubt about that. Hope he's doing well as he continues to rest up and recuperate. Uh, let's say hello to George following tonight's 5-3 win in New Jersey. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Before we start, I wanted to – once again, give my best wishes to Lanny McDonald, especially on behalf of my father. 
who uh, honestly, I don't think there's a bigger Lanny McDonald fan on the planet than him. So I definitely wanted to uh, wish him, uh, you know, a speedy recovery on behalf of my dad. Awesome. All right. So let's get on to the game. Um, hey, man, I really like Kuzmenko again tonight. He wasn't as good as he was first game, but still, um, you know, um, had the New Jersey defender not been in the net during that flurry in the second period, Kuzmenko could have easily had two goals tonight. Yeah, that was I, I think, uh, yeah. that was like Luke Hughes was on the goal line. Yes, yes. Like, like Vanacek was down and like he had beaten Vanacek, but Luke Hughes made the save. So um, I love the fact that he shoots all the time. I mean, I know that's that's his MO, right? He's a sniper. But that's I said it before, and I, I think he's a perfect replacement for what we had in Toffoli. Ironically enough, we played Toffoli tonight, but I think he's – I mean, if this continues, I think he's a perfect replacement, whether it be for a year and a half or whether it be for less than that or whether it be for more. So, um, you know, two he's games not, in. He's not, he's not as good defensively as Toffoli. Let's, that, that's important to point True. out. Uh, Toffoli was it a is. really You're good right. two-way player and remains a really good two-way player. True. True, but this guy might have more offensive upside, upside if he plays to his potential. So, But anyway, you're right. You're absolutely right on that front. But no, I, I definitely think is a right shot um, scoring option and a right shot power play option, absolutely that could be the case when it comes to replacing Toffoli. That much I, I, I agree with 100%. Yeah, for sure. Chris Tanef, boy, he's, I mean, absolute warrior. And I'll, I'll really miss him uh, when they do trade him. But at this point, Patty, like, they need to train him as soon as possible because every time he goes in a tunnel right now, I cringe. Like, that's that's the absolute last thing you need is for him to suffer an injury before you can, you know, trade him to a team. I mean, uh, not a very good comparison because they were never going to trade him, but look what happened to Sergachev the other night. You know, you don't – you just never know. Something can happen in a, in a split second. So, um, it's like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a, a deal – close to consummated that they don't actually sit him out. And I know he'd personally hate that. Um, and he'd hate to be told that, but it's a business after all. And, you know, you got to get assets back for the guy. But I, after, I after this one tonight, after this one tonight, I actually, I, I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't say shocked, but you know, if, if they're going to move him, I, I, I might even be, I, I, I would say I'll be surprised. I, I don't want to say that I'll be surprised if he plays on Saturday, I guess the the best way that I would phrase it is I will be most intently watching yet as to whether or not Tanev plays on Saturday because of how this game went. I mean, the the the, the high stick I wasn't really worried about when he went down the tunnel, but it was more the, the first one when he went down the tunnel. It looked like he hurt his arm, could have like th- – those are the ones that you're like, geez, a freak accident. Like what if he broke his wrist or something like that? So uh, I, I, I'm going to be watching more than I have to any – in any game this point, uh, to this point rather this season. And um, it, to see whether or not Tanev takes the warm up on Saturday, and, and whether or not he uh, gets into the game. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you there. The only thing you want, you don't want with him, and I don't think Connor will let it get to this, but you don't want a, a Jacob Chickering situation where Arizona scratched him for like three weeks last year. Like that was ridiculous. You know no, what I mean? I don't think, and I don't think that's going to happen at any point. Like I think. Um, it, it it feels pretty close here. There's a there's enough buzz about it. Um, it just it it feels like it's it's closing in in the not so distant future. Yeah. Do you think we're closer than ever? 
to possibly getting a first-round pick for this guy? Yeah, I actually think at this point I would be a little surprised if they didn't. That's what I think, too. And if you read Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts, he literally likened it to a Taylor Swift situation. I mean, when you say something like that and, you know, Elliot's in the know, uh, there's some demand for this guy. And you know how supply and demand goes, you know? Pretty soon you got Tim's teams try having to – no choice but out to outbid each other, and it's, hey, who's going to give me the best package? So I really don't care where he gets traded to. Believe it or not, including Edmonton, whoever gives us the best package, hey, there you go. Take them. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I do think that it's uh, a, a very real possibility for a first-round pick to be in play here because if, if we're talking about – 10, 11, 12 teams that are interested in him, which it sounds like there are, and for good reason, um, then all of a sudden you will get the, the first time you get that first-round pick that's offered to you, well, you go see if another team will uh, offer you a first-round pick or, or maybe a little bit more. I mean, I, I think there's a real opportunity here for Conroy and the Flames to, to maximize even more so than we would have thought a month ago. Um, the question is, and the important thing to weigh is, you know, the, the risk and reward is to, okay, yeah, how, how much do you want to continue pumping his value or how much do you want to play other teams off of one another to try to maximize what you get back and how much do you want to be risk-averse when it comes to him not getting hurt? It's going to be an interesting balancing act here over the next little bit. 100%. And if you end up trading Hannafin, which looks more likely to happen, can you imagine having four first-round picks? Like, that would be that would be some work. Well, and again, I mean, doesn't just because they get a first-round pick doesn't mean it's a first-round pick in this year's draft, right? True. But e- either, either way, you know, uh, obtaining three first-round picks in, in a single year, whether they be this year or next year, for example, that's still some handy work. I mean, oh, I agree. you got to give Conroy's due. You know? Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see, my friend. I probably won't talk to you uh, Saturday because it's, those afternoon games uh, don't really work for me. I'm usually working. But, uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll talk to you very soon, most likely Monday. All right, George, you be well, man. Appreciate the call. All right. Yes, have a good night, my friend. Flames win 5-3 in New Jersey as we continue along in your Flames Talk postgame show on a Thursday night. Full lines open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960 with Ken up next. What's up, Ken? Patsy. Kent from Drumheller. Kent! Uh, how are you I thought doing? it's um, It's Kent. What's up, buddy? How are you doing tonight, Paul? I'm okay, man. How are you? Oh, really good. Jeez, I had to phone in. I got a few things to talk to to you about. Sure. That Kuzmenkov, Kuzmenko, that guy's staying. Like, we're not sending that guy. We got to sign him this summer. I know it's only a two-game sample. That is the kind of fresh air you need in the dressing room. You need a jokester, a guy like that. If I if I could nickname him, I'd nickname him Borat, actually, because he's so funny. Like, a guy like that on the road, you don't, he doesn't even have to say anything. Just as the way he acts and the way he uh, works around people and has so much fun. It just wears off in the club, eh? It's everyone in the right frame of mind, and that's totally where we're at right now. That's why us flame faithfuls keep coming back to the trough. I mean, we this guy's falling one day, and we're finishing last, and we're trading everybody. But God damn it, we always come back, and we're always faithful to the flames, eh? And it's sure exciting these days to be following them. It's I think they're in the right groove here. 
I, I would I would continue to caution on everything. It's two games, but that would be I'd yeah. be the I mean, if it was if he was awful to start That's his good. tenure with the Flames, I'd be saying the same thing. It's two games. Um, he's been he's been a lot of fun, and and I honestly think that the Flames haven't had. Um, a dynamic player like him on the roster since Gaudreau. Now, I'm not saying that he is Gaudreau caliber because I don't believe he is, but I do think that he is offensively as exciting and edgier-seat type player that they've had in a long time. I think that his offensive creativity, his ability to get you out of your seat, his ability to create things out of nowhere. Um, the Flames didn't have anything like that prior to the trade, and now they do. And we also saw the other side of Kuzmenko on this in this game and have in the two games he's played. Like he, um, he coughed up a puck and good on him in the first period, got back on the back check and made sure it didn't end up in a quality chance, but it was close. And then he made a, a soft play on the power play that led to the Heischer breakaway that they scored on. So you had the, the bad of Kuzmenko, but you also had the good of Kuzmenko, and you're going to have to deal with that with that player. But I do think he brings an offensive element to the team that they didn't have really anything close to prior. Just the creativity, the chutzpah to go do things that, you know, are, are high risk, but with his high skill level, usually end up with more reward than risk. And he's a, and, and, and maybe most importantly, he is never boring out there. That's for sure. No, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth, and that guy there—he's a keeper. That's something you hang on to, and kind of like a dozen wolf. Yeah, again, I'm not. I'm. Uh, he's 28. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the uh, at the end of next season, and it's been two games. I'm not ready to sit here and talk about extending guys either that early on. But hey, that's that's doesn't mean that you're wrong. He's happy to be in North America. That kid, I think you wouldn't have a problem. Connie wouldn't have a problem signing him. That was the other thing I wanted to tell you. When Connie came down and interviewed with you that one day, it was like four games back, calling everybody nicknames. Like he went and sat down by backs and he talked to Sharky for a while. And what a feel good general manager. We haven't had that ever. Like it was awesome. He felt like one of the boys. Well, it was I mean, a really good interview you did with him. He's pretty good. Kind of, he kind of played in the league. He, he, he kind of is one of the boys in a lot of ways, but also has to make harder decisions with those guys, right? Yeah. No, he, he's really good there. And just I'm going to leave you with one last thing. I'm going to reiterate on the Huska. That is a good young man, good coach. No dog houses. If you're not going that night, you just sit at the end of the bench and more of a fresh start. I'm so tired of hearing about people being in John Tortorella's doghouse or this guy can't get out of this coach didn't like him. Ryan Huska is on to something there. Like you don't put someone in a doghouse, you start fresh the next day. That's that's awesome. That's the way you do it. I agree. So, and and that you know what, Kent, that's been a consistent thing with him all year long too. He he benched Huberto a number of months ago, and then it was a fresh slate, right? He's nope, benched he's benched Manjapani in games. Um, you, you, you're right. Um, he makes tough decisions. He speaks with his ice time sometimes, but the the fresh slate is always there. Um, the the following game, and and I think that's an important thing. So before I go, because Natsoff can keep his nickname Kuzi, nickname uh, of the new guy there. Call, call him Borat. Pat, have a good night. Looking forward to hearing everybody. Take care. Thanks, Bye. Kent. Um, Borat was from Kazakhstan. So, you know, regionally close. 
you know that's me just being semantics. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Got a few phone lines open on a Thursday night. If you want to chat some Flames hockey following a 5-3 win over the New Jersey Devils, a little slow on the phone lines tonight, so call now, 403-240-4444 with James up next. What's up, James? Hey, Pat, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Oh, good, thank you. Uh, promise I'm not trolling, okay? Okay. Uh, two games after the All-Star break, we beat literally the best team in the NHL and now one of the fastest teams in the NHL. I'm sticking to my guns, Pat. I'm saying if we're going to make a push towards the playoffs, why not add? Why not, why not reward these guys if they're working that hard? I know we have no say in what Hannafin, you know, what, what happens with Hannafin, but uh, I really like the group. I really like the mixture. It kind of reminds me of Dallas Stars like a couple of years back where they were struggling. They got some new young guys in there, some new faces, and they started rolling. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? It's been two games. I've liked them in the two games. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's not enough to convince me that they should start giving up assets to add. Um, I, I really... I, I, it's going to be tough for you to ever convince me of that, James. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you should take your opinion and stick it or anything like that. I just, I, I, I it's going to be tough for you to convince me to be on your side of the fence with that particular argument. I just, I don't think that they are a team that profiles as a true contender. And as, and, and with their ages, I, I think it's important to keep getting younger. And trading away young players or draft picks just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. And that being said, I don't think that they should wave the white flag. I don't think that they should purposely tank. I think they should continue to be competitive. And I think what they do between now and the end of the regular season could be really big for their culture. It's just, I, I'm not going to, I think, at any point be on board with adding or, or at least giving up assets in, in trying to add, you know, good young future assets to me. That that is is not something I don't think I'm going to be on that page at any point this year. So what if let's say we were ten points um, above, uh, like let's say we're eighth or seventh, and we're ten points ahead of whoever's trying to catch us. So we're in the playoff hunt. Uh-huh. Would the, would it change anybody's minds on, on the team, or do you just kind of stick with what we're going? Well, the fact of the matter is they're not. I, fair enough. I, I just, I just have a feeling like with the with the with the guys that the, that we have right now and the way that they're playing, if they can make a push towards the playoffs, what's the, what is it? March eighth is the March deadline. March eighth is the deadline. Yeah. March eighth. But they're I mean, still not in a, they're still not in a playoff spot, James. And the, they've played two really good games out of the break. I will not I will not dispute that. I've been really impressed with them. But you know what else? They played six pretty bad games prior to that on the homestand. Yeah, they did. They they, they did. I just and then the so thing just, is about it, it the it seems like and all that. It just like for me, it would be difficult to put all these eggs in the basket of two games. You know. Oh, I I, I get it. I get it. But I mean, at the same time, like. Um, you were talking about like giving up assets. Like, I'm not talking about getting a player that's uh, I don't know who's available out there. But like earlier in the year, we were talking about somebody like Anthony Duclair. Anthony Duclair is 28 years old, who is extremely fast, and could probably help out the team. 
Okay, so that's one player. I don't think that, that he would cost you a first or a second. But I'm just saying that if we're in a playoff uh, hunt, I mean, the, the New Jersey is. They're five points out, and they're still pushing. We have, again, you look at the team on paper, we're, we have some players. There's a reason why there are teams out there chasing after our guys. Agreed. We've got them. We've got him in our backyard, you know. They still and don't have. Like, they still don't have any elite players, though. Hey, pack of hyenas, my friend. I agree, but a pack of hyenas doesn't usually or ever win a Stanley Cup either. You know what wins a Stanley Cup? Uh, a a, a, um, a high caliber defenseman, which I think we've got two for sure. Okay. And they don't have anybody, no, no disrespect to any of them, but they don't have anybody on the level of Petrangelo or Makar or like, the, there's nobody like that on this team. Well, I mean, okay, and I, and I think they've got, got a great deep blue line, but also let's call it what it is here. They, they, they don't have an elite number one defenseman like that. Come on, James. Okay. Well, we've got, we've got a collection of really good defensemen. Agreed. 100% they do. You're, you're right. Um, but again, if you if we could keep, uh, like like I said, it depends on what Hannafin does. Mm-hmm. But if you look at if you look at the te- our defense, if you look at Rasmus Anderson, who I think is a great defenseman, uh, Hannafin can skate like the wind. Nobody's, I mean, Tanev is. Yeah, but they're trading I'm Tanev. My, I'm crossing my fingers that they don't. I know he's 34. I know he's. Uh, He's a gamer every game. That's the type of guy you want to learn from, especially when you're a young guy. And that's it's kind of I'm, I'm hoping that they don't give him away, but not give him away. They're not going to give him away either. Yeah. Anyways, I I've got more to say, but I'll I'll call you again. I'm just happy that they they uh, they, they won the game T- today. I was listening on on the radio, and it just felt like. Every time Calgary took a step forward, New Jersey had an answer, and then Calgary had an answer for them as well. And which it's like is, one of which those, is exactly what it was. Yeah, and it's one of those games where you're like, when you get the W, it's like, yeah, you kind of. It's I don't know if it was one of their. It wasn't one of their best games, but it's one of those games where you can say, you know what. We had one of those games, and we got the W. Usually, we're on the losing end of those games. Today was different, and I'm hoping that next game, if we can pull out a win, I know we're terrible on at matinee games. If we can pull out a win against the Islanders, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm half class full. Let's push into the playoffs. Here's the other reason why I think it's really important for people to understand that trying to make the playoffs is a little bit better than trying to just kind of sell who you have it's a lot harder to rebuild and try to have a contender than it, than what you have right now look at the Edmonton Oilers it took them a good 10 years to build up that team and I don't know if people can have the patience to wait that long certainly I'm not suggesting James that um that they they should wave the white flag on the year I just don't think giving up assets at this year's deadline 
makes a ton of sense for right now type players. And it's it's I don't know if anything's going to convince me of where you are between now and the trade deadline. And that's fine. A, they don't need to convince me. I'm not the person that makes the decisions. But I, in in my opinion, I don't think that's going to change. I would be shocked if I'm where you are. But that's not to say that you're wrong, James. That's you're you're very like you're you're very um, uh, convicted in your opinion, which I appreciate. I just I'm not I'm not on the same page, and that's okay. Um, and if they were to do that, I'd probably be critical of it, and you wouldn't. And that's. That's okay. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I would be surprised if they gave up some high leverage assets to, to add. I'm not talking about like fifth or sixth round picks. Those are different. But if they're adding to reward the, the team for where they are, that's still not in a playoff spot. James, I just don't think that makes uh, a ton of sense. We gotta we gotta roll. But I appreciate the call, man. And I and and, and we we're allowed to agree to disagree and still be buds. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Pat. I'll call you again. Thanks, James. Thank you. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. One more before we uh, hit uh, a couple of other things. Let's say hello to Anand uh, on our Flames Talk post-game show tonight. What's up, Anand? Good evening, Patty. How are you? I'm good, bud. Yeah, glad to be back on the phone lines. Yeah, last time I got a bit tied up multitasking, so good to be back. Uh, yeah, Graven tonight, uh, amazing couple of uh, past games uh, from the All-Star break. Uh, I'm really liking how Kuzmenko is playing right now. Uh, two goals in two games, uh, fantastic. Uh, even though he had uh, like a couple mistakes, I want to say, or a couple not good looks, uh, but he still rebounded and uh, scored tonight. That was wonderful. I like how Zari is also playing as well. He continues to give us the goals and the young rookiness for you. Uh, my, I have a couple of questions for you regarding trades. Of course, who do you think we will most likely see uh, traded first, Tanev or Hannafin? Tanev. Tanev, okay. That's, and uh, we that's, have... that's, my, that's my somewhat educated guess. So, okay, gotcha. Do you have a timeline when that could happen, or do we kind of wait and sit and wait? Um, I, I think that we're kind of in the window where it feels like it's somewhat imminent. So, I don't know. I, I would say um, I, I could see it happening in the next week or two. Okay, gotcha. And then regarding mushroom and bladder, it's just because I read that uh, article when uh, Eric Francis actually interviewed mushroom today. Do you think uh, mushroom will get traded, or is that more of a bladder route? What do you think? I, I don't. I don't think Markstrom will get traded. Um, I think they're open to trading Vladar if they can find something that makes sense and can find a suitor. But I, my, my gut says they're not going to trade Jacob. All right, gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. And one last question uh, from the waiver claim we got, uh, Braden Pahal, I think that's how we pronounce it. Yep. How have you seen his game recently so far? It's been pretty steady. Um, I thought I thought that third pair had some good moments. Spent too much time in their own zone tonight. Um, I, I felt like they they were stapled in their own end too much. I thought Pahal got out uh, outbodied on the second Palat goal. He got beat to the front of the net by Palat, which you know is something that he he would definitely like to have back. Even though it wasn't necessarily a adept redirect, it was still a 
Palat beat him there and, and got better position on him to score that goal. Um, yeah. So, I, But he's been generally pretty steady, and it's given Ryan Huska and Dan Lambert the ability to play the third pairing a little bit more. So I generally have liked Pahal. I like how physical he's been, um, but I do think to this point he spent a little bit too much time defending, but I, I, I think that that's something that can be improved going forward. Yeah, yeah, as as he adjusts with the team, I think yeah, we can see the change. All right, but uh, just two off-topic uh, notes as well, and then I'll let you go. Uh, so first one, I hope uh, Lanny McDonald's recovers soon. I I heard about the news, and it was a little bit sad. Yeah, hope he recovers soon, and thank you to all the first responders and all the who helped him. And second note, I just wanted to say I'm. Starting my first journey as a play-by-play commentator tomorrow, I'm doing a say Trojans game. I got hired by the state team, so I'm looking forward to that. Hey, go Trojans. I like that, Anand. Good luck tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, have a good night. And I won't probably talk to you on Saturday, unfortunately, because I'm working my part-time job. So we'll talk again when after Saturday. Okay, buddy. You have yourself a great night, Anand. Appreciate it, hey? Yeah, you do. Take care. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960 as we continue along on our Flames Talk postgame show this evening. It's Pat Steinberg along with you as the Flames take a 5-3 win over the New Jersey Devils. Phone lines still open. Text lines still open uh, at 960-960. We'll get that back there fairly shortly. Uh, but right now, let's uh, get to tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Already tonight, uh, Megan Mickelson named no Hannafin as the hardest working flame. Tonight, I'm going to go with Jacob Markstrom as the player with heart. I know he got beat three times, but he still made 38 stops. I thought that he held the team in this game for the first part of this uh, first period and definitely in the third period had to make some key stops. And you know what? The goals that beat him, uh, the two-on-one, that was a perfectly placed Palat shot. The breakaway, not a lot of guys are stopping a Heesha breakaway, and that's a 10-bell high-quality chance. And then the weird one that Palat scored to make it 4-3, that was just a strange one. I thought Jacob Markstrom had himself a really good game uh, after the, the Flames held Boston to a lot of outside shots and chances. Tonight, New Jersey generated 14 high dangers and 32 scoring chances. So the Flames weren't as tight defensively tonight, and they needed to rely on Jacob a whole lot more. Markstrom was good against Boston, but they didn't need him to be incredible. Tonight, they needed him to be stellar. I thought Markstrom had a great game tonight, and he is your player with heart in my eyes. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proof treatments not available at your doctor's office visit heartfit.ca let's go back inside the flames locker room for a final time tonight and hear from connor zary goal and an assist two more points for calgary's uh, outstanding rookie and uh, connor zary spoke inside the flames locker room following a 5-3 win in new jersey well let's just start with um you know back to back obviously coming out of the break um that's that's the goal but uh, how did you find a way to get one done here tonight 
Yeah, it feels good. I think we kind of just took the mentality from from last game and and tried to move forward with that and and obviously have a good start. Um, I think the first was a little back and forth, but I think we found our game and and, and we're able to stick to that. And for for most of it, I think uh, that's what we got to keep doing here moving forward. And, and we've done two games here from the break, so I think if uh, we keep buying in and doing what we need to do, we'll be fine. The second period feel kind of like the turning point there in some ways. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the first period is a little bit back and forth, and then we got to our game and 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 like I said, we had a little bit of our our killing mentality and, and kept turning over the lines and it, it makes it a lot easier when, when we're going four lines like that and and uh, can can start to build something. Tell me about the celebration. You really soaked that one in. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think I was just laughing uh, a little bit to myself. Um, uh, it's a nice one, honestly. I was just gliding towards the net and the, the crowd kind of scored that one for me going ooh and then I was like, oh, I should probably take a couple strides, check it out. So, uh, I was kind of just looking up laughing to myself. Like, that, was, that was a nice one from the crowd. So um, it's, it's always nice to, to kind of get on the scoreboard and, and help out and they all count the same way, but, but those ones are nice. But you are soaking this thing in too, right? I mean, I, we see you in the locker room after practices and stuff. You're hanging around. You just love every minute of this experience. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's been awesome so far to, to be able to, to come in here and, and play in the NHL and, and try and be an everyday player and, and establish myself. I think... Uh, to to do that and do that well, you gotta you gotta enjoy as much as much as you can, and and obviously um, having pelts and, and ruins and and Schwinney and and Dusky and, and everyone kind of back around that I've been around, especially pelts. It's uh, he's been one of my better friends and for the last few years, and and to kind of have him bringing his energy, and obviously we spent a lot of time together, so it's easy to have a smile on your face, and I think that that always makes it easier to to come to the rink and enjoy it. Kevin must- mentioned uh, that you guys seem to be taking it one day at a time. What's the benefit of doing that as opposed to looking too far ahead in the schedule or looking too far ahead in the standings and thinking about what could come later in this season? Yeah, 100%. I think when when you get into February, that's that's all you can really do, right? It's it's a battle from here on out, and, and we just take it one day at a time. You can't really think about what's going to happen tomorrow. You just do what you can, whether it's a practice, whether it's an off day, whether it's a game. you gotta you got to soak it all in and, and, and do what you can do to, to kind of attack that day. Can you give us some perspective on what that goal meant to, to Kevin, too, in, in his road back and, and obviously to score a big one here tonight? Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, those uh, guys had been in the gym every morning, right? We see them. We come in at 7.38 a.m., and those guys are already halfway through their workout. So to see the work they put in over the last four four months or so and 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 how hard they've worked to come back and and kevin he's he's, he's one of the best guys you, you can come around and, and meet and and obviously you guys all know that and and you get to talk to him so when you have a guy that's so genuine and and so such just a good person it's it's awesome to see that and it, it makes you pretty happy we saw chris tanov leave the game for two different reasons uh when you you've been around him at least long enough to know how much of a worry can be for you guys but when you see him go down for whatever reason with an injury he has to go through the tunnel what goes through your mind yeah he's one of the most important players on our team right you see what he does game in game out it's it's always the same it's always consistent he does whatever it takes to to win a game and and i think it's little things like that and sometimes you see him go to the tunnel you're like oh crap but then you think think it's oh it's it's danny he'll be back in 30 Mm -hmm. seconds so um (laughs) you know it's it's always tough like that but he's such a warrior and and you know he's going to come back like i said how does he? How do you think he keeps doing that? Where it's just it seems like if people just get worried about how he gets down, but then he just comes back. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I think honestly, like maybe just catches his breath and realizes he made out of steel. So <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it's it's pretty impressive. It's it's uh, every day. It surprises me the the things he does and the way he puts his body on the line, and and uh, that's what you need to to win. 
There you go. There's Connor Zeri postgame in New Jersey following a Flames 5-3 win over the Devils on this Thursday night. It's Steinberg along with you on our Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. The phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444 and the text line's open at 960-960. Uh, back to the text line and the phone lines in just a second, but first let's look ahead. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech Fighting Cancer by Unleash the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. And uh, on looking ahead, next up for the Flames is game three of this four-game road trip, which is Saturday against the New York Islanders. Saturday morning here in Calgary. It's an 11 a.m. face-off, and uh, we'll have that one for you starting at 10 o'clock with your Flames warm-up. It'll be on Sportsnet West on television. Second and final meeting between the Flames and Islanders this season. New York took the first one 5-4 in a shootout back at the Dome on November 18th. Uh, Calgary has dominated this head-to-head matchup, though, in recent years. 7-1-2 and in their last 10 head-to-head games against the Islanders. That dates back to March of 2017. So that's uh, the next up for the Flames Islanders on Saturday. They'll finish off the road trip Monday against the New York Rangers for a 5 o'clock face-off and back at home one week from tonight, next Thursday, against the San Jose Sharks. And that game goes at 7 o'clock at the Scotiabank Saddledome. There you go. That is Looking Ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolytics Biotech. Tech.com. Uh, okay. Let's uh, get back to the text line now at 960-960 following a Flames 5-3 win over the New Jersey Devils on this Thursday night. This says, uh, Pat the Cackle strikes again. Of course, that goes back to, what, I think Wednesday's Flames talk when Vickers and I were talking about pack of hyenas is actually called a cackle of hyenas, but that doesn't sound as good as a pack of hyenas, so we'll stick with that. Well played on that one. Uh, this from Chris says, Pat, two games ago, fan base was wanting to be sellers. Now I hear some saying they should be buying when they aren't even in a playoff spot. They have a 34-year-old goalie and expiring contracts. They have a promising goalie and a handful of skilled prospects. They aren't cup contenders. If they play like this for 20 more games, then I'll jump on the train. On the Hannafin side, I like the Flames paying him a bit more for less years. Even if they trade him, they free up a potential $7.5 million for eight years they can use for an Anderson, Kuzmenko, and Shillington re-sign. Plus, they could get a handful of picks or young NHL or AHL talent for them as there isn't much at the deadline market this year. That comes from Chris. Well, I, I, I the only thing that I would say that would be an important clarifier, I think, for you, Chris, is that I, I don't I don't see Hannafin signing for anything more sorry anything less than eight years here in Calgary. I don't think they're going to be able to convince him to go four years. He wants that eight year deal, um, and and I don't think that they would be able to give him in like they're not going to give him fifteen million dollars for four years to make up for the money that he wouldn't be getting on an eight year deal. You know, it's kind of like an eight year sixty million dollar deal is what we're talking about. That's on the table for the Flames, seven and a half million dollars. Well, you'd have to pay him fifteen million over four years to make up that same money. I just that's not going to happen. It's just not. So, 
Yeah, I, I think it's an eight-year deal or nothing here in Calgary, a long-term deal or nothing. I don't think it's realistic for him to get paid more just because it's on a shorter term. Unfortunately, uh, Chris, on, on, on the argument, I just don't think it's, it's going to happen. Uh, this reads from Brian in Pitt Meadows. Can you imagine a Vancouver Canucks team right now with Tanev? If I was Tanev, I'd be jilted by the fact I spent 10 years there and they wouldn't even make an offer at the end of his contract. If I was Conroy, it's not an if but when. I'd trade Tanev to the east. I still want to keep this warrior uh, just to mess with the Canucks and no to Toronto. Maybe St. Louis. Well, St. Louis is still in the West, and I don't know if the Blues are a buying team. Yes, they're in a playoff spot, but tenuously, I don't know if the Blues are a, a team that buys. Now, Dallas or Colorado or even Winnipeg, those are interesting spots. If you don't want it to be Vancouver or you don't want it to be Edmonton, well, what about some of those spots? There are going to be plenty of suitors for Chris Tanev. Uh, Sarah in YYC, our favorite Canucks fan, says, Pat, nothing better than Tanev injury watch. Have to give the Flames props. They did something my boys could not do tonight. Not jumping on the wagon, just giving credit where it's due. Yes, the uh, Canucks were pumped for nothing by Boston a little earlier uh, in Boston. Same time the Flames were playing in New Jersey. Um, this from Kent in Drumheller. Um, this says, uh, Patty got sidetracked when he said contract. He's talking about attitude. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, that's to do with a previous call. Sorry, it would be confusing if I were to read that now. So um, uh, apologies for not reading it. Just uh, it would. I'd have to go back and explain the entire phone call. So uh, no need doing that. Um, this says. Um, Curtis from Olds, I know you're hesitant to go for it in regards to playoffs, but as an Oilers fan, I'm dying for a battle of Alberta in the postseason. Uh, this Theo and Banff says, I know the option of getting a first for Tanev is enticing, but what about getting a young D-man from a contender around 24? Any players you think the Flames could go after, especially a left-shot D to get Uyghur back on his strong side? Yeah, I think there's there are some interesting names that you could go after. I don't know if they would be the type of guys that you would be able to get back in a Tanev trade, but if that's the way they wanted to go, I think there are, you know, even um, if they were able to do that, I think it would it would make some sense. Um, or, or if it's a Hannafin deal and they're able to do something like that. I think it's A, it makes sense, and B, I think is very much on the table. Um, this says from Brent in Northwest Calgary, Flames should sign Tanev and Hannafin, go all in and make a playoff run. I'd sooner watch that than see them try to tank. Uh, this says from Grant and Hawkwood, I'm both a Detroit Lions and Calgary Flames fan. Most people seem to agree that Detroit's recent success can be linked to winning the draft for the past three years. Craig Conroy with the Flames should follow a similar plan. Get draft capital and then a multi-year draft plan that builds for success in the long run. So far, I'm impressed with Conroy's work, and I hope it continues. Drafting and player development is key to long-term success. I agree, Grant. That's good. Uh, that's good analogy. Um, this says, uh, with talk of moving Markstrom, I'm just wondering if it would be worth it. Young energy and winning is fun. If you take Markstrom away, you're also taking wins away. How much would that change the character moving forward? Would it be worth it? I think they need to have a discussion about trading Jacob, or, or not about trading him, but they need to have a discussion about what Jacob's future is with this team. I think that that needs to be had. 
I just feel like that's more of a an off-season discussion as opposed to a right-now discussion. I don't think that there's going to be the value that you're going to get in a Markstrom in-season trade that makes it make sense and that makes it worth it for the Flames because teams are hesitant to trade goalies in-season. Go listen to Kevin Woodley, our goalie guru, when he joined us on Flames Talk earlier on Thursday. Go listen to that. Teams are hesitant to bring in top-notch goalies at the deadline because there's not enough time for them to acclimate to a new team. It's different for goalies than it is with skaters. But in the offseason, once we have a better idea of what Craig Conroy's stamp on this org is going to be and what he does with these UFAs. Lindholm's been traded. Toffoli's been traded. Zadorov's been traded. Um, but what about the Hannafin and Tanev conversations. What about anybody else? And then once you have a better feel of that, then have the conversation about J- to Jacob about, okay, how are you feeling about the direction we're going? Do you want to stay and be a part of this? If the answer is yes, then he stays and he's a part of it. If the answer is no, then, yeah, then you start looking for a trade. That's the way I look at it from the Markstrom side of things. Uh, this from Spencer who asks good question. How do you think the Flames will deal with the fact they have to give up one of their first-round picks next year with it being in their best interest to pick top 10 and give up the Florida pick to Montreal? Do you think they may welcome a chance at a top-five pick next year and maybe look to acquire another first in 2025 versus 2024 for Tanev? Yeah, I mean, I do think there's something to that because they they are going to have to give up a first-round pick um, in one of the next two years here, and, and I think that's why why getting more first-round picks is going to be important. And and that's why I think potentially getting picks in 2025 is going to be important as well. Um, this says, thoughts on packaging Tanev and Vladar to Toronto? Yeah, I think that there's something to that. I think there's, uh, I mean... Why not? If you're, if you're going to get good value, why not? If you're the Flames, at least explore it. Um, this from Peter Pat. Why was the whistle blown during the third when Kadri and the Devils goalie collided? I don't know. I, I really don't have an answer. I, I, I think it should have been a goal, too. If I had a real explanation for you, I would give it. I honestly don't know. That one was strange. I thought it should have been a goal. Uh, this says, so glad to see another entertaining, competitive game. When New Jersey scored the shorty, was worried the old Flames would rear their ugly heads. Instead, they stuck with it and never never gave up the lead. Really impressive. And all those posts. Uh, this from Clyde, who says, so happy to see the boys get the W. Kuzmenko's looking amazing. Hoping they keep Noah, but won't hold my breath. Don't understand why fans want to see Markstrom gone, but oh well. Have a great night, Patty. Uh, Jay in Silverado says, can you answer two questions? How many points do you think it'll take to make the playoffs? What would the win percentage be for the Flames to hit that mark? Well, as it stands here, I'll do some quick math for you right now. So as it stands right now, St. Louis is the highest points percentage team that uh, is in the playoff fight for that last spot right now at a 551 points percentage. So they are 54 points in 49 games. They've got, what, uh, 33 games to go. So um, they would need... Uh, I, I don't know what I'm trying to do here. So they, they, they need... They are on pace for... That's what I was trying to do. They're on pace for... So 54 divided by 49... Holy cow, my calculator is not helping. Times 82. Uh, 
sorry about this. I know it's not great radio. I'm having a lot of trouble with this stupid calculator right now. Here we go. This time I'm going to do it. They're on pace for about 90 points. So around 90 is, I think 92 is is probably a good target for eight this year. So for the Flames to get 92 that means they need 39 points the rest of the way. They have 39. Uh, they need to get 39 points between now and the end of the season. They've got 31 games to go. 39 divided by 31 is uh, sorry. 31 divided by 39. So they'd. Uh, I, I. I guess I don't know if this is correct, but I don't know what the percentage would need to be. That's too much for my feeble brain. But 39 points is I, what the Flames are kind of in need of if they're going to want to make the playoffs. I think that's a, a decent target anyway. Apologies for the horrible radio and podcasting that it took to get there, but 39 points is kind of what I'm thinking about. Um, this says, uh, Pat, if the Flames aren't able to get a first for Tanev, would a package of a second rounder and a Nils Lundqvist make sense? Checks both boxes of a young roster player and a pick. Yeah, I'd be okay with something like that. Um, I, I think that'd be something that is is quite interesting if they're uh, able to do something like that. Uh, Nils Lundqvist, uh, younger defenseman uh, with the Stars. He's 23. If you could get that and a pick, yeah, I'd be interested in that. Uh, what else we got here? Neil in the Northeast says... Uh, the team's looking like it's starting to gel, even though a lot of fans will say, as constructed, they're not talented enough to compete. I'd have to disagree with that. They've been pretty successful in the American League the past few years, which speaks to the drafting and development in the organization. Even though they haven't drafted high recently and Brad traded away a bunch of lottery tickets, they still have talent that's starting to show. Glad they're finally getting to see the farm kids getting opportunities and earning their positions. Question, to what expect, extent was Conroy involved in drafting players during his time? time as AGM and do you think that has made him feel more comfortable in bringing these guys up I would say uh, the I would say extensively would be the extent I think he was very involved he did a lot of uh, scouting um, he did a lot of um, draft reports for some of their top guys um, so I think he was quite involved with it on top of that I think the answer to the second part of that question is yeah I think that has made him feel way more comfortable in bringing some of these guys up because of how familiar uh, and and how extensively he was involved in some of those drafts. I think that absolutely has a part part to play. And finally from Will in BC, another fun one. Love the effort tonight. As good as Lindholm is, I think this small sample size of games shows the new group has a lot of potential after the trade. I think the worries about the fourth line can be put to rest. Again, small sample size, but I think there's lots to be positive about. Markstrom's having a better year. I think with the 22-23 Markstrom, this would have been a loss, so kudos to him. No parades planned yet, but it's a fun group to watch. There you go. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960. Now back to the phone lines. Take a few more calls as we continue along on our Flames Talk postgame show. It's Steinberg along with you following a 5-3 win over New Jersey. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon's where you can get your uh, Flames Talk podcast, and we say hello to Travis. What's going on, Travis? Hey, buddy. Um... Thanks for taking my call. Just a couple of things. I didn't get to watch too much of the game, but I know everyone's saying trade Markstrom, trade Markstrom, but don't you see more benefit of maybe keeping Markstrom around um, to, to kind of let Wolf grow into the position of Yes, the only thing the is I, I agree thinner. completely that, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. 
But the only thing is, if he looks at it and says, eh, I don't know if I love the direction or how young we're going or whatever, that that would change it for me. No, that's fair. I mean, especially if we have to give away our pick next year, then we're like, we don't want a lottery pick. <laughs> like, yes. That would be disastrous. <laughs> yeah. If we give up a, a tough I'm with you. next year. I'm with you. So, so I think Markstrom helps prevent that. But I also just think the leader Markstrom is and, and you know, how good of a solid But again, Trav, if he doesn't want to be here, that's the only time that I think it makes sense, right? I'm, I'm with you 100% otherwise. I think he'd be the perfect guy to have kind of tandem with Wolf as he gets acclimated more and more to being a full-time NHLer. But if they're going younger and he wants to be in a team that he believes has a better chance to win a Stanley Cup and voices that when they talk with him, well, then you got to move him, right? Fair enough. Do you think now, because him and Lindholm are obviously pretty tight, do you think that kind of, because Markstrom came out and kind of chatted about his position today a little bit, or do, do you think that changed once Lindholm was traded? Do you think that maybe opened that up more? Or? Um, well, I, I no, I don't think that his... I don't think he's changed at all when it comes about it. I, uh, you're, you're referencing Eric's piece uh, on on Sportsnet.ca, which he, I, I think it's a really interesting piece, but I don't think it's changed. Um, and do I think that Lindholm and him are tight? Yes, absolutely. And again, I think that could be something that um, impacts the way he's feeling about things during the off season. But you know, I, I think that. Jacob's on the Flames right now, and he's committed to being with the Flames right now. And uh, I just think in the off season is when it's important to have a conversation about direction with him and see how bought in he is on the direction. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's totally fair. Um, yeah, I suspect we'll probably see Tanoff move soon, um, especially with those injury scares in the game. And I know you probably already talked about it, but. But I think it'd be probably time to move them if they're not resigning them, which I don't think they are because I just don't think that's the direction the team's going in. And then I, I think you move Hannafin too. Like, I just think you move these guys. I, I just think we're at that point. Hannafin, Timmon, and on for how long now? It's it's. I, I just don't see what the, what's the point. He's not actually 100% committed to the Flames. Well, I don't know if it's yeah, that. If See, I, I think that's an unfair characterization. I think he's on the fence about staying here, but if he signs, I think he'll be all in. So I, I think that's an unfair characterization, Trav. I get what you're saying, um, and, and maybe it, it does already give us an answer about which way he's leaving, uh, leaning. Rather, I don't know. But I do think if he does end up signing, we're going to be talking about a guy who wants to be here. I, I, I do believe that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. I just right now, what could you get from? Obviously, I, I think you could get a lot. Of and, and I honestly, Trav, I'm with you. I think that the best move is to move him. I'm kind of like, as I've said many times, I'm kind of like 55-45 on that. I think there's plenty of wisdom in keeping him, but I think the best road forward for the organization is to, to move him because I think that the opportunity to maximize in a trade is is so enticing for me. And, and I think you'd be getting a ridiculous amount for him. But I also think there's plenty of reason to keep him in this conversation. So if they did, I, I think that it would be hard to be super critical of them deciding to do that. Um, so it feels kind of win-win-ish for the Flames on that front. Um, 
So we'll see. Uh, and, and now we wait to see what Tanev's decision, sorry, not Tanev, uh, Hannafin's decision is going to be. couple things I'd like to see too. One, I got two more things. One thing here is Tanev, if you, if you move Tanev, would you prefer a first round pick or would you prefer like a decent prospect in a, say a second or a third? I'm kind of six and one, half a dozen in the other. If it's if it's a good prospect, I mean the idea that you could get a first round pick for Tanev is is pretty enticing. I I, I I guess I would slightly lean that way because I don't know what the um, actual comparisons or, or like what, what I'm comparing against because that's a little more hypothetical. But I, I think you're happy with either. I, I, I think that if you can maximize Tanev here and get either of those types of packages, I think you're going to be pretty happy. And then that, that defenseman we got in the Lindholm trade, I, I'm not going to be able to say his name, so Prestavich. I'm not even going to attempt it. is yeah. the name. So I was kind of looking at uh, FC Hockey, um, just kind of um, his combine and some pre-draft stuff. And he's actually ranked top five in a, in a couple of those aerobic or anaerobic exercises. I don't know if you've seen something like that, but uh, or if you looked into it at all. And they kind of had him ranked, you know, as a second round or like as a second round pick. So I think there's a lot of intrigue there with that defenseman. Um you know, I think oh, absolutely. He, he leads the uh, he leads the Ontario Hockey League in in assists right now, um, and a lot of people, a lot of draft experts have kind of said that, you know, we had him kind of ranked here going into the draft, but he's taken some steps since then, and so you know now maybe would have been a higher pick if if uh, you take into account what he's done since. So yeah, it's been he's he's a really interesting prospect. Doesn't it, it, and I know, and we don't want to say the Adam Fox comparison to any of that, but wouldn't that be ironic if, if that's a piece we got back and he turned even the, into sixty or seventy percent of Adam Fox and an American-born defenseman that came back in a Lindholm trade when Fox went out in the Lindholm trade? Yeah, I think it'd just be super ironic now. And I know it's all premature, but it, it's just kind of cool to think about that a little bit. So. Cool, Pat. Thanks, Ryan. You have a good night. Thanks, Trav. See you, buddy. Let's say hello to Ryan following a 5-3 win over New Jersey. What's up, Ryan? I mean, I'm... I'm, uh, Well, first off, let me say, um, in honor of your birth year, 1984, and in honor of certain Noah Hazard and the term new edition, hello, Mr. Telephone Man. Mr. Telephone Man being a classic R&B song from the Boston-based group New Edition featuring Bobby Brown, amongst others. I love me some New Edition. I will say that much. Deep dive, deep. It's so smooth. Those boys' voices were high. That is Bobby a, that is a deep New Edition well, cut, too. That's a, that's a deep cut, Rye. That was it. That was it. 1984. It was, it was late that year. It was November. I don't know your birth month. But, hey, Mr. Telephone Man. Okay, let's and not let's not ever let's not either. ever sing again. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that. I wasn't. A, it was just an inflection. Okay, but no, you put play. You I'm frazzled because you put me on on that post Hampton negativity scent, and then like I, I just I like the man from what I've heard, fellow caller. But ah, no, no. Uh, and, then, and then he had you provoked you into saying this trading as well. But no, don't do that. And I'll leave it there. Um, Okay, but Ryan, 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 just hold on a second. You're so adamant about re-signing him, and I get it. I like, I like how adamant you are. But what if he doesn't want to sign here? He does. Why hasn't he signed yet? Then why hasn't he not signed then? Because he totally strikes me someone that would say, "Nah, guys, 
like like Matthew did. No, I I think he's really I think he's really um I think he's torn on it. I you're really going, do. You're going American on me with the speculation and the crazy talk with the filling the void with the thoughts that don't need to be thought about. But that's Great not but that's BS. That's thought. not what I'm doing. They've had a ta- they've had a deal on the table that makes him a sixty million dollar defenseman yeah. for for yeah. months. And you you know the players that were paid eight recently that are inferior. So I understand that, and also the taxes that you would not get in Florida, in Nevada, et cetera. Okay, but I mean, my point is is that there's a deal on the table. It's a beyond fair yeah. deal, and he has it's it's up to Hannafin, man. It is, and it's a life changing decision. That's the only reason I think that he may be. Okay, yeah, but he's running out of time to make I it. I guess lot, is the point. I sense a lot of PTSD up there. With like, no one wants to live here. No one wants to play here. Never no, that has nothing that to do all. with it in my eyes. It just is. I just heard an Adam Fox comparison. Regarding that, that doesn't have anything to do with my take, though. I can't speak for the last caller. Oh. All I can do is. Well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Since that Americans don't want to play here. I don't think that's. Well, for sure I do, and that's why I think signing Hannafin would be a really nice potential um, thing to do for that reason. But again. Ball's in his court, man. And so if he doesn't want to sign, you can't sit here and tell me that you know for sure he does. There is a decent amount yeah, of exposure that suggests – And it's I, not – right, just let me finish for a second. Just let me finish for a second. Ryan, you do not know that he wants to sign here. You don't. There's enough exposure I, I, that would adjust – Ryan, I Ryan, just let I me finish hope. the sentence. I, and then ah, the, the – you, Ryan, I'm going to put – I'm going to drop you. Just let me finish, and then you get your chance. You don't know for sure he wants to sign here. And it's not that he doesn't want to be here, but he might want to be elsewhere. And if he signs here, then then great. But if he doesn't and he, they, they, he gives them a decision that says, I think I'd rather test unrestricted free agency, don't you have to trade him? Not going to drop me? Okay. No, no. I- I, I was, was just, uh, I, was, I wasn't a I said, I hope, he, I hope he does if you check the tape. I didn't say I know he does. I said I hope he does. No, you. when I said when I said we don't know if he wants to sign, you said he wants to sign. Oh, yeah. Well, I said that was the impression of like, ah. It, uh. Anyhow, I hope But no, he does. but answer so my question. Like, if, if, if he doesn't want. Then if, we get the best deal we can. If okay, that is the case, thank you. That's, that's all. Because you always I, get mad at me for suggesting a Hannafin trade. What well, if, I, it's bad timing with the call order. I heard that there was need for content, so I called in, and all of a sudden there's a line. Because regardless, what's up with Vanacek charging after uh, I don't know, man. And then Postico getting really kachucky with it and firing into the net well after the whistle. I love that. That was spicy. Um, I, a, game, a game after hitting Marchand in the head, which was at least a service to every NHL player besides Marchand. Yeah, I and I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know what was. I don't know what he was doing there. The, the TV broadcast reacted to it fairly strongly. Uh, it was. It was pretty shocking. Yeah, I. I, I, still, and I don't know why that goal. Like that. I, I. I think that goal should have counted as well. But alas, it doesn't matter. It, it seemed very Bennington of him. A little bit. Run out. Of <laughs> yeah. Um, and why the Devils? What they can do. Stuff really like they were firing missiles everywhere and flying around all those checks and oh they're dynamic man people. they just uh, why aren't they more devilish with their record I don't get it well it part of it is because <laughs> go look at their team save percentage 
Oh, is it? Yeah, I saw that he's like a 3.25 of the goals against. He was 888 on his save percentage going into tonight. It'll be – it won't it won't go up big time after this one. Uh, might even go down. Um, goaltending hasn't been good, and you saw some stretches there in the defensive zone where they can be a bit of a fire drill. And when you're missing, you know, your two – in my eyes, your two most important veteran defensemen in Siegenthaler and Hamilton, and you're relying really heavily on 20-year-old Luke Hughes and 19-year-old Simon Nemich, you know, it, it, it becomes difficult. So injuries and poor goaltending is why a very talented, dangerous Devils team is not, in your words, more devilish. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, I just still like the logo. Very basic, very classic. Just like the old Falcons logo. But, uh, yeah, uh, earlier someone was saying, also, if we trade Hattifin, we can use the money to resign. And I love the feel good. I am very mentally questionable. But with Shillington, we could sign Shillington, Kuznetsov, and Rasmus. I love Rasmus. He's like the best positive goofball on the team when we don't have LTA and maybe Kuznetsov. But shining Shillington and Kuznetsov. Kuzmenko, Kuzmenko, Kuzmenko. Way, you know. Uh, sorry. Oh man, I think that stuff would be nice though, right? On. Ooh, this whip pauses in no wish. Okay. Um, uh, finally, I was going to say that with Zary playing so well, Nazan not playing the first twenty games of the year hardly at all. Um, yeah, I disagree with that. I think Kad- I think Kadri's been great all year almost. Even the Winter Classic around that time, it seemed like. They were everyone was really struggling. He uh, he was still creating. I really believe that, and okay. um, he didn't have points in the early stages. But since the beginning of November, he's been dynamite. Oh. I was just going to say, with Pops still playing so well, Zary playing well, Nazem now getting points, Huberto potentially playing better, and the addition of our Russian. And I really think that Peltier is going to do well again. He was so dynamic before on the fourth line, third line, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's plenty of new additions and new players that haven't oh, been there. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're bringing this all the way back to the beginning. Well done. Good stuff, Ryan. Have a good night, buddy. Full circle, man. <laughs> good, uh, good job. Oh, and uh, well done. Wait, one, one final question, because I've heard people do this before. Okay, um, trivia. Who's leading the uh, Devils in plus minus? Um... Glenn Gullison would never play him. He was a spark plug. Oof. Um, I don't know. I'm who who would that be? Curtis Lazar. Always loved Curtis Lazar. He's he leading them in plus minus. Well. Yeah, there plus he is. Eleven. He's plus eleven. There he is. Woo. Well, I always Curtis Lazar was always a nice guy. He never I never had a bad thing to say about Lazar the dude. So hey, look at PD that. guy. Bye, Ryan. Well. Got to yeah. move on. Bye, bye buddy. Bye, bud. And um, when Ryan and I was were, were going back and forth, it's because he's a regular caller. So um, it's not it's not because I'm angry or being a jerk. So I know lots of people think that I can yell, and then you're like, "Pad, you're such a jerk." Eh, it's Ryan. We're we're it's okay. There's a good rapport there. A few more calls. Sean is up next, following a five three win over New Jersey. What's up, Sean? Hey, Patty, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, yeah, couldn't uh, watch these last couple games. I've been uh, working on call, so uh didn't just like listening on the radio. They sound good. Been watching the replays and everything. 
Um, I called in because I'm sick of people trying to make a push for playoffs. Like, just stop. I'm so sick of it. We're not a team that has any anything like that to make a push. Like, I've been a fan of this team for 20-plus years. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of management making a, a team like this mediocre to, you know, almost good kind of team. And they make a push, and we get nothing, and it's just frustrating. What Connie is doing right now, uh, I'm loving it. I think Lindholm was absolutely uninterested all year. Um, what we got for him is, I think, more than fantastic. Uh, just keep this, keep this going. If you don't want to play here, so be it. Get rid of the people who uh, we can get like the most value out of them. Infuse this team with youth like Pasta Silzeri. Um, like all these guys are just like so fun to watch. I've been to a few of these games this year, and the thing that I could say about this team that's different than the last few years is they're fun. They might lose, but damn, it's a good game. Um, so all these people saying, "Oh, don't tank." If they can remain fun to watch, um, be like a just a straight up entertaining thing on the ice i'm all for like just getting rid of people for as much as we can infuse this team with some youth um and just develop these guys into really good players what do you think that's kind of that's kind of where i am it's not all that different from how i feel about it i think you've got to make the trades that are in front of you i think you need to be pragmatic here and make the best moves for the long term of the franchise um i i think that that includes trading tanev and hannafin but i can see a world and you don't have to like i, I don't have to squint or I'm not going to like vehemently tooth and nail argue you on keeping Hannafin or trading them because I think there's plenty of benefit to, to keeping Noah as well. But I think you make the trades and the moves that are best for the team, keep getting younger, and then let it buck and see what happens after the trade deadline. Can you stay competitive? Can you win some games? Yeah. Can you build more of a of a culture? Um, but I just I don't think that you should be at a, at a point now where you're kind of you know, buying too much into any stretch of hockey. Well, they've played really two really good games. Should that change what they're doing with Tanev and Hannafin? Absolutely yeah. not. Two games should not sway this one way or the other. They and I and I honestly, Sean, I don't think you need to be too worried. I do think Craig Conroy, as the GM, has got a pretty good handle and a pretty oh. set way that he's going to go about this thing. Trust me, I'm I'm with you on Connie. Like he's. Smart guy, I think he learned what he could from from Brad. Like he was, Brad was a good GM, but he was always of the ilk of like win now, win now, win now. And I mean, he, what did he do draft wise, really, other than Kachuk and like I don't know, it's just the last. I mean, they, years, they under under Brad, they drafted Pospisil, they drafted Zeri, Coronado. Yeah. Kachuk, you know, there's been there's been some decent players selected. Shillington oh, yeah. was drafted by Tree Living. Anderson, you know, there's uh, 
actually, that was one of the stronger suits of the team under the last GM, honestly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, just, yeah, I'm, I trust Connie. I know what he's going to do. He obviously, uh, like you said earlier, like he's been watching these young guys. He knows what he's looking for. Um, I trust what he's going to do with the team. He's been, you know, a flame. That's, this is his home, you know. Um, one other thing I want to, I want to ask you, I just kind of saw something on the internet of like, uh, kind of maybe going to Toronto and like there's rumors of maybe Gio being a return back so he could retire here. What, what, what would you think of that? I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't hate it if that was, you know, part of a return to make money work or something like that, sure. As long as you're getting the the future pieces that you need, I, I wouldn't hate that at all. I don't know if I see it happening either, but I haven't yeah. seen that rumor myself. But it'd be tough to hate something like that, that's for sure. I definitely don't hate it because, like, I love Gio. I got his jersey. Like, he's, a, he's the man. Um, but one thing about it, it's like I can't see – Gio wanting to come back until he's truly made like a push for his cup. He wants it, you know, like kind of what Aginla did. He was searching for it. When, when we got rid of Aginla, like I hated it, but I also like totally understood. Right. I also, so I, I don't, don't think it's going to happen. How I, I don't think that that's going to be part of it myself. Yeah, me neither. But it was like a, it would be kind of neat. And I think it's more, if he was, if this were to ever happen, it would be he's thinking about retiring, trading me at the deadline, to flame suck. You know what I mean? One of those kind of situations. Maybe, but even still, I'd be, I'd be surprised at this point. Yeah. All right. All That's right, enough. Sean. Have a great night, man. Thanks, Pat. Oh, one thing. Can you do me a favor? Can you just say, Garrett, your underachieving team sucks. Garrett, your underachieving team sucks. Thank you. Good night, Sean. I love it. Have a good, good night. night. Pat. <laughs> uh, let's say hello to Jay. What's going on, Jay? Jay, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? I'm just wanted to talk about you guys built your oil, the rebuild. Okay. I I think you should you should expedite as not all your players, but Definitely Tanev and Hannafin. You're, the, the biggest problem is, like, I'm an Oilers fan, unfortunately. For you, and we went 10 years where, unfortunately, we, were, we had make the playoffs, make the playoffs, make the playoffs. And it was a continual thing. And we didn't release any of our good players to continue on in, in the season, okay. in the future. And now you're... You, your team is you're you're on the cusp of having a really good team, but in two years from now, the Oilers might not have McDavid and Drysaddle. Where are the where are the Vegas Knights going to be? Where are the Avalanche going to be? And then you'll be on a prime position to be for three four years, where you'll be top. You'll be number one. So your point, Jay, is that they just continue on the path they're on right now. I would say continue on the path, move Hannafin, move Tanev, get as much as you can. Markstrom, I was listening and 
and there it came up to the point where you were talking about um, holding on him till the end of the year and and then moving him as a goaltender. That you could definitely do that, and that would be who knows, and or keep him and and develop your the, your wolf player. It'd be. I think you would be in a way better spot than trying to push for this season to make the playoffs. It'd be good for the fans, but in the long run, it'd be way better for your fans. It's kind of where that's kind of where I am, um, and and that's fine if other people aren't. Like I, I I like all the different opinions, but I I don't think pushing for a playoff spot in terms of roster moves, like going out and making moves strictly so they can push for a playoff spot. I don't think that that makes a ton of sense personally uh, for the way things are going with this. Yeah, and I I agree with your position, but some of your fans obviously do not because they're fans, but. In in a, like a a strategic point, I think you guys are in great position with Conroy, and you should keep doing it. The Oilers never had that synergy for decades, and then they lucked out with McDavid, and they totally lucked out. That is the only reason they they're where they are now, and they lucked out with Drysaddle picking Drysaddle in the fourth position. That was that was phenomenal, and we made third a position picking Kachuk. Third position, sorry, fourth position with Kachuk, and we took third. Fully RB, and that was we should have flipped it, and it, we probably have a Stanley Cup, and yeah, it would, it would be a different story. All right, man. Well, uh, you have a great night, Jay. I appreciate the call. No, first time uh, listener and uh, first time caller. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for Enjoy calling. And thanks, thanks for being a rational Oilers fan. <laughs> Only Thanks, tonight. Jay. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, let's say hello to Dale on the phone lines following a five-three win in New Jersey. What's up, Dale? Hey, Pat, it sounds like I'm the last person, so it looks like this is the end. So I'll do my best. So, um, you know, I, Pat, I remember, um, and I'm going to go with the Lanny thing. I, I remember a number of years ago, and and uh, I'm not a music buff in the morning, so I usually turn it on to the morning show. Mm-hmm. And back then it was Boomer. And then there was a tragically hip song, and all of a sudden Boomer wasn't talking in a very up, voice and I was like oh okay I know what this is all about and and that was the day that Downey died uh, right and I yeah and I, I I you know to bring that back to what I'm trying to get at is is he may still outlive me because I'm getting older now too but the day hopefully Lanny's got a lot of years left but um, if that day should come before I go, that's going to be the same kind of day, and I hope that's not. Let's not even future. talk about that. Let's let's well, not. And I don't want to get too let's, melodramatic. Let's I still that. remember. I still remember Lanny in '89 when they won the cup, and him being in the dressing room, and I think Patterson and somebody else was beside him, and he you, you could tell he was gooned and just just having a, a really wonderful time because he spent so many years. That was a year. I think he got 500 in a thousand and and also won the cups. So anyway, I don't want to make it too dramatic, but yeah, I just hope the guy's got a lot of time left, but I really appreciate what, you know, he's been to the city and to the franchise. Um, it's, it's a hard call right now, Pat, because there's, there's, there's a bunch of kids, and I, I don't know what happened between Sutter and Tree Living last year, but I would assume Tree Living probably would a lot like to have brought up more kids. And I don't know what happened, but I know Daryl Sutter from his past, and I can only go with that. He said no. 
No. <laughs> we'll go well, with I, the think, I think I, I think a couple of things happened. So so I think that there is some partial truth to that. Um in that I think that there were a few times, I think Pelche would be the most, um, Pelche and Phillips would be the two most um, kind of uh, yeah. on-the-nose examples. And right. I think that that Brad would have liked to see them play more and get more of an opportunity under Daryl, but also was very much of the coach coaches and manager manages, so there's only so much that he could do. But at the same time, I also think Less so than the current GM, um, you know. I, I think Craig Conroy, for instance, is is far more inclined to go young than Brad Tree Living was because Brad, Brad was I, a I guy know. that signed veteran players that, because of their one way contracts and right. such, made right. it more difficult for young players to get opportunity, regardless of who the coach is. So I think that right. I think that Brad, I, I, of if you were to hierarchy them. I think in terms of the desire to play youth, I think Daryl Sutter was at the very bottom. I think then it would go to yeah. living. And I think Craig yep. Conroy has got the, the most desire to play young players. I agree with you 100% because, you know what, I, I mean, those kids, I mean, uh, sure, it's great. They're playing in the NHL. They've made it from, from junior and they, and they bounce up the NHL, but that's not what they want. And I'm sure in hotel rooms, they weren't getting chances. They were like, you know, probably inspiring each other. And when you see those guys on on the bench tonight that were all played in the dub or the AHL together, and now they're all contributing, and and they're together on a bench in the NHL, that's some important stuff. Because I'll tell you what, Pat, you name me a single team that's won a Stanley Cup that probably at least ten or eleven players weren't homegrown. I'll I'll give I'll, you know what I'll give you my mortgage payment. Because well, I'll tell you what, Vegas. You know, you Vegas. do not win a Stanley Cup. Ve- Ve- Vegas, win a... Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Uh, well, I know, but look at what they got gifted, right? Okay, I'll give you the anomaly, but look what they got gifted. I and, mean, uh, even still, smart. even McPhee what they got smart. gifted, though they have like most of that team they've gone out and, and acquired and signed and traded for. Uh, I know, and that's the thing. But I'll tell you what, in a, in a situation like Calgary. I'll tell you what, you show me the best drafting and developing team in the NHL, especially teams that can acquire free agents. I will uh, say, to your point, yeah. v- Vegas is the anomaly in this. They're not the norm. Usually usually yeah. what you say is true, but you were so yeah. you were so adamant about it. I, I was just gonna say like the last cup winner. Well, just just look I look know, look at the key players yeah. on Vegas. Um Mark Stone traded for, uh, Barbashev traded for, Stevenson acquired. Um, those those are their most important forwards. Yeah, Jack, know, Jack Eichel traded wire, for, uh, Petrangelo they signed. Just let me finish. With. Let me finish. Okay. Petrangelo they signed, Martinez they traded for. Um, then uh, their goaltenders, uh, Aiden Hill they traded for. Um, so a, a good chunk of that team is – acquired but in saying I, that they still have Chicago, whether it's LA, Shea Theodore the, the rest Edmonton of it though Dale 80s. the yeah. rest of it you're right yeah. more often than not yeah. you, you need to grow to. at and, homegrown that and we'll, the nice we'll agree part on is, that. the nice part is is that at least Tree Living didn't take all of the scouting staff with them because I do believe that in the last number of years they've been pretty darn good at drafting and developing 
But here's my last question to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you got a team, you got a bunch of kids that have come up, you got some veterans that are that are helping out. I mean, because you can look at Kuzmenko. If he doesn't sh- score in the first game and then gives the puck away but does not store, score again tonight, you could say, well, I guess we got Huberto again and we just got another problem. I mean, it's such a fine line in the NHL. It's such a fine line. But here's the thing. Would you, in this situation, because you got a bunch of kids that are not necessarily moving the needle, but are damn good players like Rooney, Dewar. Well, Rooney's, o- Rooney's know, over 30. I know, I know. He's not a kid. But what I'm saying is that these are guys that have come up from the NHL. AHL, yeah. Yeah. So you got a good group of kids and some decent vets right now. A couple are probably going to disappear. You can destroy a bunch of kids if you let the team sink to a point where I always call and say, well, you got to get first, second, or third overall draft choices. In the meantime, you might destroy a bunch of kids in the meantime because they're not winning. Yeah, and, there's, and, and, and I do from, think I do yeah. think there's always that counterpoint in terms of the tanking idea, right? So, no, I, 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 I think that there's – I think what you're saying is fair. Yeah. Because, okay, you got to tank to get really good players, but then you destroy a whole bunch of kids, you know, or maybe not destroy them, but it's really difficult when you're losing all the time. And they've just come from a really wonderful winning situation in Stockton and now in the Wranglers. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a toss-up. It's such a fine line. And I'm glad I'm not Conroy. So, um, But he's doing a fine job so far. I do feel that things are changing with this team. Like I said, I don't feel it's the 80s. You know, it's all of a sudden the seventh-round draft choice with Suter becoming an 80-90 point defenseman. But it's, I don't know. Conroy, I hope, I hope things continue the way they're trending. They look pretty good. And it's only two games. But he's done some pretty damn good stuff. And Huska has to be congratulated, too. Like, this team is, is all over opponents. The last two games... I used to watch the Flames all the time. They get the puck banks. Two people are on them, and they've given the puck away. It looks like more to me. As soon as the opposition gets the puck, especially in the last two games, there's a player on them. they got no options. Yeah, and they've, been, Calgary, they've been very they good the, the last two yeah. games. No disagreement. Yeah. we got to move on here, Jail. But, okay. um, yeah, Thanks, Pat. I agree with you, man. And be good stuff. We'll okay. talk soon, buddy. Okay, take care. Thanks, Bye-bye. Dale. And uh, we'll take one more call before we wrap things up on Flames Talk post game tonight. Say hello to Bryce. What's up, Bryce? Hello. Oh, oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? What's 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 going on? Oh, I'm I'm happy. They're they're winning the last few games. The and the Lindholm trade was I I liked it. It was uh, it was something to get that much for a rental. That was. Um, that was unexpected, but it was. But they needed to, in my way. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I thought they were gonna get. Mm-hmm. I thought they were gonna get part of what they got. I, I thought mm-hmm. they were gonna get the prospect. I didn't know what prospect it was gonna be, but I thought they were gonna get a good prospect. I thought they were gonna get a first round pick for him, and I, they would get a roster player. What I didn't know was mm-hmm. that they were also gonna get the rest of it. You know, like they also got the other prospect and the conditional pick. So the and and mm-hmm. you know those are what they are. Maybe they end up being nothing, but it's two more wild cards on top of the quality. So. They got quality and quantity, which I thought is uh, – I, I, I think it's a real home run. Yeah, he did pretty good on that one. Yep, and I he, agree. Yeah, that Toronto trade with Canada, but it, it, like you said, it, they don't have a second, but if they throw a first, and I think you probably you probably should just go for it. As it I, and maybe get a, like a – 
I've heard uh, knives. I've heard that in there from Toronto. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Nyes yeah. is on the board or not. I, I don't know if Toronto is willing to move him at this year's deadline, especially if they're yeah. looking at winning a Stanley Cup. They might not be. Yeah. And then um, did you see that one of San Jose that they, uh, I guess, bought out that defenseman? Uh, he was young, I guess. Just It was in... He was on waivers, and then they bought him out. Yeah, I don't know a lot about him, Bryce, so I can't really give you a great. Um, I can't give you a great yeah. opinion there. Yeah, I think I think he was was it a, he was a right shot defenseman, or it was. I yeah, no, I, I, Bryce, yeah, I'm yeah. just I I can't speak okay. credibly credibly about it, so I'll just make myself look dumb, dumber than I usually do. <laughs> I would say that. Um, and then last one, um, and about. 17 days I'll be in Calgary. I know. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I, I was, so was, I, I'm, you, you don't, don't worry. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> and, okay. And I just thought, all in, just say I'm still here. And then hopefully, um, things are improving and the team does, does what they think he's going to do and, and all the trades that's coming and hopefully they, it works out in the end. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. next few weeks for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like I said, you're you're the best for letting letting us know all this stuff and keeping us positively intrigued. Like I, I, I that, try anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're one of the best out there in my mind. Well, thank you, Bryce. I appreciate it as always. It's always good to hear from you, man. You have yourself a great yeah. night, hey? Yeah. I will. See you soon. Okay, buddy. Uh, And we'll talk soon. Thanks, Bryce. Yeah, bye. And uh, that'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. That'll wrap us up on the text line tonight. Great stuff, as always, all over the place on our Flames Talk post game. but lots of good conversation. Appreciate it all uh, as we start to move towards the conclusion of tonight's Flames Talk post game show. It's time for tonight's final summary, a back-and-forth game between the Flames and Devils, eventually won by Calgary. Here's how it went. First period, Devils actually opened the scoring thanks to Andre Palat. He made it 1-0 at the 1539 mark of the first period. Palat's seventh from Jesper Bratt and Nico Heischer, and it was one nothing Devils. However, that one-goal lead was short-lived because less than three minutes later, Michael Backlund ties it for Calgary with his 11th. Backlund from Andrew Mangiapane and Blake Coleman at 18-10. We had a 1-1 tie after 20 minutes of play. Second period, Calgary scores their first go-ahead goal as Connor Zeri scores his second in as many games. Zeri picks up his 12th of the year from Nazem Kadri and Martin Pospisil at 3:53, and it was 2-1 Calgary after 40 minutes of play. Early in the third, Kevin Rooney not only scores his first goal of the season at the 255 mark, he scores his first goal as a member of the Calgary Flames and his first goal in 56 NHL games, his first goal since December 7th of 2021 when he was still a member of the New York Rangers. It was Kevin Rooney's first of the year to make it 3-1. Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev draw the assist at 255. Flames uh, in business up 3-1. However, 67 seconds later, Later, uh, on a penalty kill, New Jersey gets back within one and gets the building right back into it on a Nico Heischer breakaway goal. Heischer's 14th from Jesper Brat at 4:02. We had a 3-2 game, but the Flames strike back as Andre Kuzmenko restores the two-goal lead and scores the eventual game winner. Kuzmenko's second as a Flame. 
tenth of the year comes at 9.56 of the third period from Hannafin and Zeri, and the Flames back in business at 4-2, but again, Devils get back within one, and Andre Palat redirect makes it 4-3, his second of the night and eighth of the year comes from Colin Miller and Jesper Brat at 13.46, that's as close as New Jersey would come, they're unable to tie it, including a late power play, and then Andrew Mangiapane seals it into an empty net at 18-26, Mangiapane's 10th unassisted gets us to our 5-3 final score, final shots, 41-30 in favor of New Jersey, Calgary 0 for 3 on the power play tonight, and New Jersey goes 0 for 2 with the man advantage. Your three stars in the building tonight selected in New Jersey were number three, Nico Heischer, number two, Andre Palat, and with 38 stops, your number one star was Jacob Markstrom. With the win, Flames improved to 24, 22, and 5. They're back in action Saturday on the road against the New York Islanders, while New Jersey falls to 25, 21, and 3. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Carolina. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk postgame show, which is always available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for Calgary, Islanders on Saturday morning here in Calgary. It is an 11 a.m. Mountain Time start, which means our Flames warm-up pregame show gets going at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. Uh, That is next up for the Flames. For now, have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Final score from New Jersey. Flames win 5-3 over the Devils. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.